It still says starting, so I don't think it started yet. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, that's going to mess me up if the timer jumps like that a bunch. And yes, I'm going to leave this in. Hey, guys. Um, you know, like last August, there was this podcast. Uh, I think it was called the Stupid and Delicious Podcast. And they haven't recorded an episode since All Out last year. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, life is busy. Mm, very. <laughs> like teaching from home. During a pandemic and just like every free minute was spent either tutoring kids or, you know, wearing a mask to go outside and all that stuff. Um, Yeah. And then things got crazy just in general, trying to coordinate everybody's schedules and blah, blah, blah. So we haven't recorded in a long time. But really, I mean, yes, y'all missed some AEW recaps, but... Cat and I had not been to a live show, so that's why there weren't Cat and I recordings. However, vaccines have happened, and now live shows are a thing we can do again. And not just any live show, but a good friend of the show, as always, managed to get a press pass to Double or Nothing, and I kind of got to tag along. So... Hey, Sam and Nikki. <laughs> You're welcome. And um, thanks for um, not waking me up to sit by myself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, uh, I mean, man. technically, Samantha's not by herself, but I didn't know. She had other press people to talk to. Yeah, and I didn't know. But, I mean, we were all texting on our group chat like we were watching from home anyway. Yeah, I know. It was pretty funny. <laughs> we're all talking to each other the whole time. What was that? We were just talking to each other the whole time. Like, yeah, it was like it was like wait. we were watching from home because Matthew and Kiefer were chiming in and they were talking about stuff. Except it was funny. I noticed that, obviously, because we saw it live, they were on, like, a slight delay. Like, Kiefer would be, like, three seconds behind and then Matthew uh-huh. was like two seconds behind him (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny how the different like streaming platforms have different delays so like if you're just watching it on br live you're gonna have a different delay than if you're watching it on a br live app or whatever right digital streaming makes no sense like to me and the delays like there's no consistent amount like we noticed that when you guys were at pwx Cause like oh. I would te- I would text y'all about something and you'd be like oh yeah that was like a minute or two ago and I'm like because oh. mm. uh, I <laughs> I was not going back to PWX for a bit but uh, that changes next week so that's exciting Ooh, hey. and yeah. Kat is coming and I haven't seen her in a really long time and. You- it's been over a year, hasn't it? Yeah, well yeah, over a year. Yeah, because... Shit, it's been like a year and a half since y'all seen her. Yeah, she stopped coming for just a little... I mean, because she was wrapping up school stuff, I think. But yeah. she had stopped coming for a little bit. And then, obviously, I, um, I had my surgery, and then she came... That's right. I- she wasn't coming to Pure's, and for some reason, I wasn't making the main shows. Like, it wasn't working with my schedule. Right. And then X16 happened, 
and that was the last show Kat and I went to, but you guys weren't there. Right. Right. So, and then COVID. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny because, like, well, I mean, obviously, Kat, we haven't seen her forever, but because we were in a group chat pretty much every day during the pandemic, it's not... Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, it really has been, like, a year. And Kat, Kat just is like, I can't talk about wrestling this much. I can't join the group chat. I'm like, that's fine. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> um, sometimes we talk about real-life things. Sometimes. But, but 99% of the time, it's like, hey, I saw this thing about Negative One's mom being an awesome mom. Right? Uh, if y'all didn't see that today, I sent this earlier, but... uh. Negative one stopped making TV appearances because his grade slipped and mom wouldn't let him go to Dynamite. That's a good mom. I wondered if something like that had happened. That's such a good mom. Like, so many moms, if a kid gets sick or there's a tragedy in the family, the kids end up shitty because the moms don't want to tell them no after that. Right. And she's like, hell nah. He's got to do his end of the deal. Right, yeah. exactly. Well, and that's Link. good. She's got to keep him on track and keep something for him to, you know, to give him an incentive. So I, I don't yeah. there's a much better incentive than hanging out with your favorite people, your yeah. family who have taken. And so I'm, I don't really see as much of the hate that she gets, but I've heard about it. And it just, it drives me insane. Because I was like, this kid lost his dad. And he yeah. just wants to be around people who knew his dad and who want to play wrestling with him. And I was like, the dark order has done such a wonderful job, just like taking him in and making him part of their family. And just, I can't imagine what kind of support he gets and how much it probably means yeah. as a young kid. He's what, eight, I think. Uh, he's somewhere between eight and 10. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's not old. He's right, still no, elementary school. No, like how I was like he I was like he just they it was a, I, I mean not that WWE would probably done the same thing but I think AEW was probably the best place that you know that this could have happened because he can be with people who will support him every single day of the week and you know he has this place to go to and it sounds like they're supporting his mom and his baby Here, here's the difference WWE would have done it but they only would have used it publicly right? when yeah. it fit what they wanted to tell. Right. So, like, they would have given him – I know it's the Warrior Award, but I still think of it as the Connor Award. Right. Right. They would have given him the Connor Award at Mania. Right. And, okay, like, it comes off not as genuine. Right. And even with the Connor stuff, like – that video package, every time they show it, I will cry about Connor. I love Connor and, like, that whole story. Right. But yeah. I've heard from some people who have left the company, Daniel Bryan was not the only one who had that relationship with Connor. Daniel uh-huh. Bryan was one of his favorites, but there were people who were more involved in actively helping the family, actively wow. helping the family yeah. get mania. All that stuff. I haven't gotten around to reading uh, Justin Roberts' book, but I heard that he yep. talks about that in there. <laughs> yep. And I've yeah. always forgotten. To, I mean, I just I always forget about his book. But when Con, every time I see Connor, I always think, oh yeah, Justin talks about it in his book and how they basically. It sounds like they just took it as 
something to make themselves look good, and it didn't really have anything to do with Connor himself, but it was to yeah. just look good. And- Which was not the world. Yeah. So, but AEW, I feel like, is just like, this kid is here. His mom's using this as a reward for him doing great, good on grades. It's not going to detract anything from the Dark Order to have him walk out there in a mask with them. It's not going to tr- detract anything from the Dark Order to have him throw papers at John Silver. <laughs> if anything, oh it's gotten the Dark o- Order over as hell. Yeah, and he, um, I mean, yeah, Preston is, like, now on all these matches, like, good for him, but, I mean, like, who would have thought that Tin would be, like, doing as much as he is, and, like, I saw Alan Angels tweeted today, uh, your boy said he joined Dark Order a year ago today, um, and just, yeah, and they're definitely, Yeah, think how much more screen time Alan Angels is getting just because of Dark Order. Right, and then well, and I don't know if you've seen um, the clip, but there because I know you're not keeping up with Dark as much, but there was a clip last night and I retweeted it. But it's <laughs> after the match, um, Negative One was out there last night and they they won, and he shoved Bryce Rimsburg out of the way, and no, was, no Bryce, it was Rick was, Knox, wasn't it? Yeah, and he shoved Rick Knox so he could hold their hands up. And <laughs> Rick Knox just sold it and it was really great and then Stu Grayson had to like pick he had to pick him up and like carry him off like you need to calm down (laughs) Rick Knox is one of the best referees for storyline I've ever seen Yeah, because he had a long running thing with the Bucks and PWG and it got to a point there were times like Rick Knox did a top rope tope Onto the box one time because he was sick of their shit. I don't know that I. Oh, it's so good. Like they had this long-standing rivalry, and every once in a while, Rick Knox would be like the reason the Bucks lost, just because he wouldn't let them cheat. They just did a thing on BT the other day and made it seem um um where they're acting like they're paying Rick Knox off to um. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's solid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, it's gonna be an exciting week because I got Turbo next Friday with a friend coming with me from Greenville, and then Cat and I will be going to PWX on Saturday, and we'll see everybody again for the first time in hey. like a year and a half, which I'm is awesome. I'm so excited, but I mean, I technically just saw you, but still, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a different dynamic when Kat's there. Yeah, we yeah. all know it. Like, Definitely. this show is one thing when it's us over Skype. It's a whole other thing when Kat's involved. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know who she's going to tirade about since most of the people... I don't know who she'll most of, I don't know. Most of the people we tirade about don't come around anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> Especially if he goes over, because isn't he wrestling someone really good? Uh, isn't he one of the guests? Uh, he's not wrestling Chase, is he? Uh, he might be. Oh, God. Can I pull for neither person? <laughs> you can, uh... You. He's out of the Well, I mean, the only thing that amuses me about Chip right now is that, um... He looks like a French oh. stereotype. 
<laughs> he looks He's a like a, away. <laughs> he looks like a um sim burglar on the Sims. Yeah. Like, yeah, he looks like a Sims burglar, like the ham burglar. Every time I see him, I was like, does he have a little black bag um with him? Because I feel like I'm gonna play the Sims when I was like it. You know what though? I just thought about this. I don't know who it was, but someone else is doing the secret no more gimmick. Really? Uh-huh. I can't remember who it was, and I was like, did Chip Day steal this, or did this person steal this? Hmm. I have, I had a theory based on whoever it was, and <laughs> it was not complimentary to Chip Day. Let me just say that. But there was some, oh, Buddy Murphy was the... That's it. Yeah, because he started it, like, when they took him from... um. From, from 205 Live's best kept When he secret. became the Messiah's little underling. Right. He was 205 Live's best secret. Then they called him to the main roster when Paul Heyman was running shit and actually put people who could fucking wrestle on TV every week. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, surprise. And so that's when he did the... Because um, I think somebody on commentary was like, oh, he's, a, you know, best kept secret no longer or something like that. And then yeah. they, of course... That, that's what it was. It was Buddy <laughs> saying... Stuff on Twitter. I saw that since he's been released, he tweeted his email the other day because he was saying he was, you know, for bookings or whatever. And I feel like it was related to that. Yeah, it was like secret no more at whatever. Yeah. So now I'm curious. Yeah. I'm real curious. Um, Because, I mean, I wouldn't put it past a WWE cast off to steal from the indies. (coughs) FTR. Um. (laughs) fuckers um god i mean i couldn't imagine someone who used to make really good money and carried belts on wwe would need to steal from some poor little indie act who's just trying to get by speaking of um the tag team that they tried to rip off who also just recently lost their titles yes uh, pwx that new tag team apparently did a podcast yesterday and that's who they want to face. That's their dream opponent. And I was like, why? Because they can steal your shit, too? <laughs> <laughs> that's their dream opponent. Apparently. All the tag teams in the world. And Japan is available because <laughs> of the working relationship. And that's who they want to wrestle. Apparently so. I saw it. PWX retweeted it yesterday. And I, it was late last night. And I forgot to tell y'all until just now when you said that. I was like, oh, that's right. I did see that. Ew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. yeah, we'll we'll rant about PWX another day. We have <laughs> a hell of a trip to yeah. talk about with Double or Nothing. Um, we haven't even, and the whew. Double or Nothing part was the easy part of the trip. Right? <laughs> we think yeah, the actual show was way less tiring than anything else we did. <laughs> um, How long do we think that show was going to be? Because <laughs> that last show was almost four hours. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm up in a cabin with Kat and our friend Haley, and I'm like, I'm just going to say goodnight now, because I know what happens <laughs> when Sam and Nikki and I get on a microphone. Yeah. This could be several hours. Yeah, I mean, we have a good lord. It'll be an hour, hour chatty, Kathy. Well, <laughs> just the first, just, we'll spend an hour just on the 
trip the, for the driving part. Well, not the driving part, the check-in experience. Oh, God. It was so bad. Okay. So, long story short, I know I kind of, like, went at it in the beginning, but uh, Sam applied for media passes for Double or Nothing and got her one due to her work at Daily DDT, which if you're not clicking the link, click the links when she tweets them. It helps things. Yes, yes um, very much. So click the links when you see them. It's very yeah. helpful for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you never know. You click the links, you become friends. You never know when like half a daily DDT will follow you just because you're on a trip with her. <laughs> and yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> maybe you can get a um, get a writing gig out of it. You know, you never know. Uh, not that I'm there yet. I was too busy with the end of school to even like think about that shit but uh so she got the press pass and then of course came to tell us in our group chat very excitedly and it's like hey um nikki's gonna go but doesn't want to sit by herself is there anybody that could go and i'm like "Ooh, wait a second (laughs) holiday weekend the show's on a sunday means it doesn't interfere with my medical stuff on Saturday, and it's, like, one of the last weeks of school. So even if I'm exhausted the entire week, no one's going to give a shit because we're just playing review games all week. I'm like, perfect. So we start. thinking of sitting, like, way in the back by myself, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I I mean, you you probably would have seen more of the show that way. Too, too. Oh, God. Well, just, I was just say, wait till we get there. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say something else, but I was like, we'll wait. I'm gonna wait till we get there. So yeah. <laughs> so we take a look, and you know, I call. Here's what pissed me off a little bit, just on the logistical part. If you go to Daly's Place website for handicap seats, it says to call. It does not say go to Ticketmaster. It does not say go to the event page it says call us and then i call and they had little to no information about the seats <laughs> and when i try to tell them i'm like look this is the deal i've gotten screwed by ticketmaster before i need to know oh that's friday right that i need to be on ticketmaster um, okay i was i was just thinking about later in the summer um, so I'm just like, I've been screwed by Ticketmaster before saying there were no handicap seats when there was a trillion of them. That still pisses me off. Like, I'm just like, guys, please, what do I got to do? They're like, call us tomorrow as soon as they go on sale. I'm like, I will do my damnedest. But like, I teach during that time. So I just, I kind of lied to my co-teacher and was like, Hey, I got to take a phone call. So I just muted myself and turned off my camera and like muted my computer and started calling. But before I could even like get a real person at the box office, Sam had pulled it up on Ticketmaster and gotten us two handicap seats. It, we um, should have known then that if it was that easy for me to get media passes and for us to get your tickets secured and to get the hotel and car booked. Yeah. And we, we we should have known that that was going to be the end of the smoothness for this trip. And and y'all got to understand, like 
we I think we've talked before. Like Nikki's got food restrictions, so that adds to the travel. I like I talk about that a lot. So <laughs> yeah. Nikki's got food restrictions, so that adds to the travel complications. If you've never traveled with someone in a wheelchair, you can't just go rent a fun car. You have to have a car that's going to fit the wheelchair easily. So Because if you don't and you're, like, finagling shit, wheelchairs can fuck up a car. Like, I've broken the plastic paneling inside doors in I don't know how many cars because my chair wasn't secure and it flew and – crack shit so it's one of those things you got to be really really careful and then you got to make sure you get the handicap seats because i've tried to get regular seats before and then i'm just shit out of luck even when i pay like top of the line front row prices and then i can't see over the barricade so i'm like okay i learned my lesson on that so shit's complicated and then like hotel rooms Got to be careful on the hotel. Some handicap rooms are necessary, and some places don't require a handicap room to get around. It's very, very difficult to travel when you have a wheelchair in tow. And everything, y'all, went so easy the second we realized, like, this could happen and we got the tickets. We had the car and the hotel booked, like, within a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think we already had the hotel and then we got the car booked after we got the tickets. Yeah, those hotel the hotel deal we got really lucky on cuz we found cuz Doug suggested booking.com and we found a a hotel within like just minutes. The hotel was super close to Daly's place. It was extremely affordable especially for a holiday weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. it was only one night, but for a holiday weekend that close, we really got lucky and we, we got a nice room for a hundred under 120 bucks on the night before memorial day in a tourist destination right and then we got plain and simple yeah and it it, everything came together really smoothly and then even um we drove down nikki and i drove down on saturday night to split up the drive and spent the night pretty early on i was like (laughs) because doug and cat are always like you know we got a spare room Mm -hmm. Always welcome, and then so pretty early on, I was like, "Wait a minute, we, we don't have to do this all at once." Right? I was like, "If Doug is cool with it, because I was like, I know he's got his stuff he's got to do on Saturday." I was like, "If he is cool with it, let's go Saturday night." Because um, while it's not like super far from Charlotte to Spartanburg, I was like, it would shave time off. Absolutely, and then and- we could sleep a little a little later on Sunday. Yeah, right. exactly. We but were going down Sunday morning. Yeah, I am not a morning person. I am a night owl and stay up as late as I can person. And um, so the if I can um, keep myself from having to get up any earlier than what we got up, then I'm extremely <laughs> yeah. so I'm on teacher now. schedule and in about five weeks i'll finally get off teacher schedule and then i have to work on getting back onto it for the school year oh i'm sure (laughs) it's so annoying (laughs) Uh, um, we yeah so that was really smart to drive down and we could um and it made the drive to jacksonville really easy because we left at like 9 30 ish and so there wasn't that much traffic um yeah and with 
elongated stops for various reasons. Um, it we were there by three thirty. We were at our hotel at three thirty. Mind you, check in was at three p.m. So at three, uh-huh. you should think that that would be plenty of time. But then we arrived at the hotel to before find- the hotel. Though I got I got to ask a question about gas stations because I had this problem somewhere else recently. I don't remember where I was. Why the fuck y'all lock in handicap stalls? What yeah. is going on inside handicap stalls? There was no person, I think, in that bathroom I couldn't get into. Because I wiggled the handle. Accidental lock? Like if they, were cl- if they cleaned it? I don't some- think so. I really don't think it would, like, lock like that. But this is not the first time I've encountered the handicap stall being locked so i don't know if weird shit happens in handicap stalls or what the but... women's one was unlocked because oh, like, so i saw the door open like so people like it, i guess people were probably still using it but the door was open to the handicap stall in the women's bathroom at that same gas station so i don't know what happened in the men's stall <laughs> or what they're trying to keep from happening. somebody was taking a nap in the men's room i guess i don't know I didn't want to be weird and like almost get on the floor to see if there were actually feet because the handicap stall had like more of a wall. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing that here. Thank God there was a Denny's attached to this yeah. store. That bathroom stop ended up being way longer than we expected just because Doug couldn't get into the bathroom because that door was locked. Yeah, I waited half an hour. And, like, he kept waiting on somebody, like, to see if somebody would come out. And And I wiggled the handle a bunch. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I went out, talked to Sam and Nikki, bought Gatorade, went back in, and I was just like, what the fuck? So eventually I gave up and went over to the Denny's, and some poor frazzled hostess was like, we just got staffed. It's going to be like an hour wait. I'm like, I just got to use the bathroom. And she was like, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was like, cool. Darted through a Denny's. I would also, I know the CDC had just announced it was okay to go maskless. No one in that Denny's had a fucking mask on. Oh, what is wrong with y'all? But anyway, so yeah, we that, that was the elongated stop I was talking about. The added probably 45 minutes to our drive so we could have been there at like 245 (laughs) um but we got there at 330 said all over the website check-in was at three and we get there it wasn't exactly do what so they sent me emails saying that check-in was at three it was not exactly an easy place to get into it's like situated in a weird spot which is fine. I expect that in a downtown hotel. I didn't expect the complete lack of organization, though. No, it was so, so bad. Like, well, first of all, to even get into the hotel, there were cars on. We were both part. We were stopped in the street on both sides just to turn into the hotel. And that was like that for a few minutes. And then the woman in front of me parked her car right in the entrance way to get even up to the hotel and so i had to wait until the person in front of her moved just to get around her because she mm-hmm. parked her car and went inside yeah so, she got her stuff and left and we were like yeah and her car was just like <laughs> did you tell the valet to get your car or did you just leave i don't remember seeing the valet go talk to her i think she just parked and went in and 
So, uh-huh. um, so we talked to the valet, and at first we were like, no, nah, we're not going to do valet parking because, you know, that doesn't make any sense. And I thought there was, and also because I thought there was parking on the hotel premises. Spoiler yeah. there was not. Well, here's the weird thing. There's not on the hotel premises, but, like, on a not exactly real road next to the hotel, there's a big-ass parking garage, or there's a paid open lot across the street from the hotel. And, it, again, not really the street. It's more just, like, the hotel drive. Yeah. And it's so like, it's Within, like, we could have walked. It would have been easy for you to get through with your wheelchair, though. So. No. And I heard him say it was like fourteen dollars to park there, but then he said something about because it's a public lot, and then something about the the you can't always get access to it. Like I guess if you yeah. come back, you can't park there. So I was like, well, that's pointless. And yeah. then later, reading on Booking.com, like reading the reviews when we got back, people kept saying that it was somebody said. It was fourteen dollars every time they parked there. So if they left and did stuff and then came back, they had to pay fourteen dollars. Like if they left like three times in a day, they had to pay fourteen dollars every single time they parked. <laughs> Where the valet was twenty five dollars a night. Yeah. So. Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we um. Well, while we were waiting, like we're trying to. Doug was like, "Why don't we?" I think it was you that had the idea of ordering food. Yeah, because once I realized we weren't going to be able to check in at 3.30, I was like... We were still in the car at this point. Yeah, we're leaving for the show at 6-ish. Because it's five minutes away, but we want time to park. We weren't sure what the line situation was going to look like. We weren't sure where Sam had to go. We we weren't sure about anything. So we were like, let's leave a good hour and a half before the show... And then if it takes us a while to get in, no big deal. Right. And we also, and the, one of the things we knew for sure was that Daily's Place would have no food options for Nikki. So we, we have yeah. to eat before. And there's a restaurant on on the premises of the hotel, but they claim there's, they had some gluten-free options, but I don't know that I believe that. And also it was um, $24 for a grilled chicken sandwich. And that doesn't and, even count like soy and dairy and all that. Yeah, and it was like... I think it was 18 bucks for a chicken finger plate. Yeah. And I'm like, we're like mm, that's, that's a lot. So yeah. while they, think- well, all of a sudden we like on the way down, we had been talking about what we could eat. And Doug was like trying to look at stuff that was around. And I was like, well, I know I can eat at Texas Roadhouse and I know that I can <laughs> eat at, except the last time I ate at Texas Roadhouse in Jacksonville, it was garbage. Well, it wasn't garbage, but they don't it just had mediocre things. food and it didn't really have any flavor. And then my, I'd have, because they um, cooked in soy, I had to eat steamed broccoli, which was half steamed and half <laughs> not. So it was this mm-hmm. weird, like in between crunchy thing. I was like, okay, this. This, this is not good but anyway um i was like well i know for sure i can eat at these places and then all of a sudden it hit me i was like wait a minute because we i knew we were talking about having to order um through like uber eats or <laughs> we something went, like that we had to and, look at all three options like of mm-hmm. uber doordash yeah and yeah. All, i was like oh my god let me order from applebee's because applebee's 
they have chicken, um, grilled chicken that you can eat, and it's just grilled chicken. It's not marinated. It's not got cheese. It's not got something like where I have to like because since um, through those apps you can't um, put yeah customize, which is usually which is bullshit. Like yeah, that's absurd. Um, I mean, like I usually don't use that app because of that because I'm like yeah. I have to be able to customize. And so I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I don't have to do anything to this. And then I was like, let me call and ask if they um, cook in vegetable oil or canola because vegetable oil is soy for those that don't know. And um, and Doug was like, shouldn't they all be? And I was like, you would think <laughs> you would think that. Yeah, they- like I would think a franchise would be required to use a certain oil, but apparently that's not the case. It is they not. would use one that people, I was like, soy is a top eight allergy. I was like, it's not even, because people were like, well, it's not peanut. Okay, but soy is an allergen too. It's, and it's, apparently, if you use the right peanut oil, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Right. Because uh, we looked that shit up while we yeah. were there, stuck <laughs> in the ballet line. Yes, yeah. we did. So, so I was like, let me call. Or um, I used Doug's phone. I was like, I can call. I don't care. So I waited, and they were like, are you the lady asking about the oil? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a manager. I'm like, And then they, I think they just yep. ended up screaming to the back of the kitchen. Yeah. That's what it sounded like on the phone. They were just like, hey, what oil do we use? <laughs> I was like, just like somebody, anybody. I, I was like, just go find the oil and pick it up and look, and it, and it will say vegetable, canola, peanut or whatever type of oil it is is why you got it because i've had people pick up the oil and because they're like it's not peanut and they'll pick it up and i'll see vegetable and or canola or whatever and i'm like yeah it's still got yeah. or whatever but anyway yeah. I was like hey thanks and meanwhile while they're doing luckily, all this <laughs> well i was luckily able to get steamed broccoli with my um, girl chicken. Yeah, I, w- I would like to point out this all happened while we were in the line for yeah, to get in the into line. the hotel. I, I was standing in the hotel at this point because I was like, I talked to the valet guy and I was like, can I just leave my car and go check it? He's like, that's what everybody else is doing. So I was like, he was like, it's probably worth a shot. He, yeah, I went in the so they figured out food while I was standing in a line wrapped around the hotel lobby. There were probably I think I counted like 17 people in front of me. And that's not including people who were like, some of them were groups of like two and three. So Mm -hmm. that was wrapped around. So I'm, so Nikki's texting me about food options while I'm standing in line waiting to be checked in because every single person that was in the lobby was there for double or nothing. And we were all trying to get checked in at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, let's just, let's just call it what it was. There were three people working, and I'm not saying it was their fault, but nobody's rooms were ready. No. Like, very, very few people had a room that was ready to go. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, your room's not ready. And then that's all she said. She She didn't say, I'm sorry. She didn't say it might be ready in an hour. Nothing. Just... Your room's not ready. And then she turned to say to do something. And then she came back and she had a mask on and wasn't talking very loud. And she said, you can go. <laughs> so the lady like dismissed yeah. me. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Was it the lady in the middle? Yes. Yeah, she was rude. 
Yeah, and so by this point, it's closing in on four o'clock. Maybe it's after four o'clock. So we go back out. I go back out to the car and we talk to the valet and we're like, we're just going to use your service. And I was like, but the only thing is, I was like, we need to leave here by 545. Um, and y'all, let, let's talk about the valet. This guy could not have been nicer, more helpful. Like uh, he he was so yeah. he was put in an impossible situation yeah. and he looked like a pinball bouncing yeah. from car to car to car making once he got it going the line moved real fast because yeah. he was just getting those cars the fuck out of there he yeah, was like he boom was boom a boom with him too and she just i never spoke with her but she was just uh, she was constantly like when he wasn't in a, like if he was moving a car she was on to the next one like they worked yeah. really well as a team they were way more organized than anybody oh my god yeah one I think they were overwhelmed at first, but once they got it going, yeah. those valets were amazing. Yeah, and he told me, he was like, well, I'm going to park your car on the corner so that you can just leave, you know, we can just get your car yeah. as quickly as possible. And because we told we told him the whole situation with, like, me and the chair, and we were going to unload all our shit, and we told him our room wasn't ready, and, like, he had helped us move the car, because obviously I couldn't drive it, and, and then... Nikki didn't really want to drive an SUV, so he was like, oh, yeah, I'll move y'all up. No problem. It's a rental. It's a big SUV, and I've yeah. never driven an SUV before. I've driven small little, like, my previous car was a little Honda, and then my current car is a little Mitsubishi. Like, it's small. Like, I've <laughs> – and I know I shouldn't be so nervous, but it well, – I it's mean, a rental, and I wouldn't want you touching that car anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I shouldn't be, like – a little chicken mm-hmm. when yeah. I in that situation that wasn't being chicken. Yeah. Because there were so many cars. It was unfamiliar territory. It wasn't exactly wide. Yeah, I was just like, um, can you move this up for me? Because it's a <laughs> rental and I've never driven an SUV before and I don't I don't want to drive it. It's big and I'm scared. <laughs> my, my favorite story though, and uh I'm probably gonna embarrass Nikki here a little, but yeah. like the guy was like, so there's a big wrestling thing tonight, right? Because, you know, we're all rolling in there in our elite gear and whatever. So did I. And uh, Twitter, those Twitter prospects that Dynamite used to do. Right. And then he's like, so uh, who's wrestling tonight? And Nikki's like, oh, like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Cassidy and Omega. And I'm like, obviously. I mean, pay attention, bro. I mean, I think I was doing something. I was either he, texting Samantha or I was putting on makeup. So yeah, I was, it, like, it was just funny to me. Like the guy who was like, I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, and those were the names you gave him. It's like <laughs> he, he's not gonna know who they are. Multitasking, and I was not thinking. <laughs> and I think it was. Um, I think it was. It probably wasn't that long, but everything was, like, so stressed and scrambling. It just felt like forever of silence. And then I just jumped in with, like, oh, Sting and Jericho are wrestling tonight. And he's like, oh, man, they're still wrestling. I was like, there we go. Those are the two names we need to tell everybody. I should have told him um, Matt Hardy and Christian, too, because he would have been like, what? Oh, yeah, Matt. The Hardys are an automatic get for most people. Right. Um, Wait, I told you about the... I told you the public story, right? Yeah. 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 You told on that one on the um, way home. 
I don't know if I should tell everybody tell else. Listen, you tell so many damn stories. <laughs> because I have good stories. <laughs> this is a good story, and you weren't part of it, you asshole. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling my fucking story anyway. Um, I'll try to keep it short. But anyway, we were at Publix, and we were trying to... Samantha was ordering a sandwich, because, of course, they don't have anything for me. Um, <laughs> we had the little AEW mask from... Um, from, those prize from the prize pack. <laughs> They're super soft and comfortable, but they are thin as fuck. We yeah, we well rarely... Just, we might as well have just... We don't really them wear them that often, because they feel too thin, and I don't feel protected. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> So we were wearing them, and the guy was like, oh, AEW, he was like, I watched them for a little bit, but I haven't watched any wrestling lately. And he was asking our favorite wrestler, and without even giving any thought, I blurted out Jeff Hardy because of <laughs> obvious reasons. And so he was like, oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy, he's so good, and was talking about this. And then we, I don't remember who brought up Matt, if it he was him did. or – Yeah, and then he was talking – and then he was like – Broken Matt is terrible and was talking about how bad it was. And I was You're like, terrible. okay, I, I, was, I remember thinking, can I, um, I need to go now. Because I was like, <laughs> can you just give my sister her sandwich so I can leave? Thanks. Yeah, I was like, that is a terrible, terrible take. And I'm ready to leave right now because you're not, you, you don't get it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like, yep. He's one of the people who wants the. Rock and Roll Express to interfere in matches. <laughs> um, oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, that was the worst thing I've seen this year. Uh, okay. I'm still mad so, at all. Yeah, we, we finally get, just decide. We're like, okay, we're going to valet. DoorDash is on the way. It's put in. We're just going to grab our shit and go find a spot in the lobby and just kind of cross our fingers. Our room gets ready some point before we have to leave. Samantha is in line with the thing and I'm bringing her makeup. Oh, that is right. Before we, while I was still in line, Nikki brought me eyeshadow primer. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was like, (laughs) at my my mask and forgot to bring it inside with me. And I'm like trying to walk through the lobby with my hand over my face. (laughs) And then the, the thing was too, like you, Sam had a dress code for her thing. Right. So, like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously, she wasn't going to be like dressed like that to drive. So, we were hoping to get in the room, get some food ordered, change clothes, and you then know, head out. Thing that you think would happen. You, you would think that would be how a trip would work. Yeah. The Omni Jacksonville had other plans and was like, hold my beer. Um, sure did. So, sure. we are sitting on. Like, when they do the seating areas in a lobby, and there's a circle table and, like, a set of – a couple chairs or a couch on one side and uh, the same set on the other. We're sitting on one side of that. This poor bastard with an Atlanta Falcons duffel bag is sitting on the other side. <laughs> same situation. He was there for double or nothing, and the room wasn't ready. And, I mean, we saw – I mean, there were actual – whether or not we like them, there were actual big name people staying at this hotel, and I don't think their rooms were ready. 
wouldn't surprise me if they weren't. It, I just... I, I don't understand Even, how you can be less than two miles from a stadium yeah. and not know the fucking schedule. Because it yeah, seemed like they were, they had no idea there was an event that night. I think Hadu have had a huge increase in bookings like two weeks prior. So how do you not like find out why? And it's so even if they didn't know about the event being too two miles away it's a holiday weekend like why are you not prepared the fuck is you doing to have an influx and you you can see how many guests you have checking in that day like why are you not prepared on a holiday weekend what i'm wondering from the stuff the manager was saying to other people i'm wondering if booking.com may not have fully communicated or if whoever was like in charge of doing the schedule or the shift manager or whatever forgot to check the booking.com maybe numbers because that was absurd they i still have not heard from the omni you won't they're like and i did i haven't heard from booking.com they posted my review and i went and, and i looked at it and that's how i found all the other reviews about the parking situation and people complaining about the outdated rooms and Vinny B, the GM who responded with the same damn answer to everybody. Yep. He gave me the same one on Google. Okay. Well, how about you get your staff fucking prepared? I don't care about the damn room. I need to check in. (laughs) Yep. So we sit there in the lobby, our door dasher texts us is like, Hey, I can't bring it to your room, but I can bring it to the lobby. I'm like, we don't have a room yet. I'm the legless guy. And so we get our Applebee's, they're doing makeup and eating Applebee's, and I'm just sitting there eating chicken fingers, making sure people stay six feet away because I have my mask off. And right. oh my God, what a oh fucking. God, I was like, where did y'all get that food? And we were like, DoorDash. And he was like, he had this like on his face, like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. It, it was just the logical move. Like, there was, there was no way around it with the way things were going um and it just it was such a damn mess and like everybody was in the same situation i think we met a dude and his kid and the like one guy actually tried to come help us and i think because he saw y'all doing the makeup and saw you know a legless bastard sitting there going like welp and he was like go ask for the manager i'm not that guy I'm not going to be that guy. Also, the manager fucking hightailed it. I saw him work with two people, and then he fucking went and hid in the back like a little bit. He left those women to fend for themselves, old spineless bastards. I mean, that one guy was kind of rude to him. Like, he was a little... The first guy was an ass. Yeah. Yeah. First guy was an absolute ass. The second guy, like, gave him a fist bump at the end. So, you know, I think the second interaction was okay. He Um, still... Fucking hid though. Yeah. Not yeah. sorry. He didn't come around to each person to say sorry that this happened. We're trying to the best we can. And no, see, no. That's that's my them. thing. That and we talked about this a lot on the trip. As the manager, when you see that shit hit the fan, it is not your job to get everybody rooms. That's not that's not the job. Your job is to figure out a way to make us less pissed off. And all right. it would have taken to make me go, okay, I know this was out of his control, would right. would have been him g- coming to each group and saying, hey, I'm sorry this happened. 
you know, if you want, go sit in the bar. We're working on it, and, you know, we'll make sure this doesn't happen again. Just that would have mattered. Yeah. But, no, he went and hid in the back. Yeah, not one fucking person in that hotel. He, he, he was the chicken shit heel yeah. of the Omni Jacksonville. Yeah, he was and the he FDR. Left, he, left, he left the rest of his um, his stable to fend, to fend uh-huh. off. <laughs> and the the two girls on either end were very sweet. Like they were doing their damnedest to help. They just they were their hands were tied. Yeah. The girl in the middle just didn't give a fuck. No, she knows. Uh, so at this point it's like five thirty and I was like, All right, we have like fifteen minutes. So we got to and I was like, Nikki and I have to change because Nikki was changing shirts. And I had to put my Brody Lee's um, shirt on. <laughs> That's what I was going to yeah. wear. I found out I was not allowed to wear a wrestling shirt to a wrestling, wrestling show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Member. Um, and so Doug was like, I'm going to go see if I can get an update. Oh, no. You were like, I'm going to go see if I we could get our stuff put into a closet. That's what it was. Well, I went up to just tell them we can't take our stuff. What the hell do you want us to do? <laughs> like it was. Is like I understand my room's not ready. Now what? What's step two? Like it's like step one, show up. Step two, room not ready. Step three, question mark. <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck is step three? So I went up and I went to a different lady on purpose because I knew that middle lady I was going to be got her name because she was super sweet. Yeah, she was awesome. I looked like I saw her tag, but I just was not paying attention because yeah. I- so we much. were so frazzled by this point. Like we were we were all like stressing but also trying to like look out for everybody at the same yeah. time. So it it well, was a lot. Luckily we found out about the closet because the guy that was sitting across from us was like, Wait, what did they say to do with our stuff? Because he still didn't have a room and yeah. we we're like, you can put stuff in a closet and he was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> and like I went up to the lady and I explained the situation with the media pass that we probably wouldn't be back to like 2 a.m. and all that. I wanted to make sure we could get our stuff because, you know, like I have medicines I can't miss. Like I have things I need. I couldn't just not get my stuff till morning. Um, And so, yeah, but she was so sweet. And they did this thing like they do at the airport when you gate check a bag. And they came around and, like, put a tag on it and gave you the little, like, claim number. But we were so late, we didn't even need the claim numbers because we were the last bags in there. Yeah. <laughs> and guess who got us those bags? The person who was working ballet. It was a different guy at this time. But that's who went and got our uh, stuff for us. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to the Omni Jacksonville, those valets are going to do better than anyone inside the building. Yeah. They were awesome the whole trip. They were amazing and helpful and sweet and pleasant even at 2 a.m. Like, yeah. it's hard to be pleasant at 2 a.m. even if you're used to working at 2 a.m. Yeah. Uh, and, and even though when we got back to the hotel, the person who checked us in, like, I got there. I was like, my room wasn't ready when we got here. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, here's your key. And he was like, we went ahead. And then he was like, we pre-charged the card that you had on file even though I wanted to switch cars, but I was like, fuck it. It's already 2 a.m. I'm not going to fight with this man. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't apologize. He couldn't have hit. He, he wasn't there. So it didn't concern him at yeah. all. And, and also after the show, this is more just hotel problems. I understand at an event like that, you're going to come back 
to some loud people in the lobby. Oh, my God. But when they're so loud, you can't hear the clerk. Someone needs to come tell them to shut the fuck up. Right. Or at least warn them and be like, guys, if you can't keep it down, you're going to have to go to your rooms. Yeah, and there was, like, what, at least ten of them? And they were all drunk. Yeah, yeah they were drunk as shit. And so they were allowed, I mean... They Which, were I don't even know where they got drunk. Because, like, a drink at Daly's place was $12. They probably... They probably brought shit. They were probably drinking. Yeah. Probably because they couldn't get to their room, so they were probably drinking alcohol. <laughs> so they, they just went to the convenience store and got a 12-pack. Might have. I mean, that's what we did at Mania. <laughs> they probably did. They probably all went and fucking got drunk. I wish I could have if I wasn't there for media purposes. <laughs> I probably would have because that was stressful. Yeah, by the time we got to the show, we were like, we all need a drink. But then we saw they were $12, so... One I, drink was. I don't think I don't think drinking as a member of media probably would have looked nice, though I did not partake, even though I really wanted. The business to. world is weird though, because like I've been told by other people in those situations, it looks weirder if you don't have a drink. I don't depending think on what you're at. I didn't see any of the, the media around me did not have anything. Um, I don't know if that was a conscious choice or because it was twelve dollars. But yeah, I it's probably because it was twelve dollars. I didn't see anybody with in the media that I don't. I didn't see any of them drinking. Um, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> the parking situation was a little bit of a because I was in a different part. I technically was supposed to be in a different parking lot than the handicap parking, but at this point, I was like, I'm not going to two fucking parking lots. <laughs> well, they, most stadiums I've been to have very very clear signs. For the parking lots. Daly's place and TIAA Bank have like little bitty wet floor signs that yeah. say parking lot D this way. And, and they, they're like, huh? What? Had, yeah, we had to turn into a lot to find out any information because there's nobody like they didn't have people. They had people at the gates, but like there was nobody outside like directing traffic that we could have asked. So I had to actually pull into a lot. And be like, where is lot? I think it was J or something is where you were at. And we to- um, asked like two different people. Where I got the- two totally different answers. And they were like, I don't know. Oh, because I then- said 88 and he said, what? And I was like, handicap parking. He was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, bitch, they handicap. <laughs> Well, and one guy, like we said it, and he knew exactly what we were talking about. He's like, oh, yeah, that's over on the corner of this lot. And he's like, turn right out of here and then do this and this and this. I was like, why are these directions so fucking complicated? Yeah, it's like it's a giant circle around the stadium. Like, this shouldn't be this hard. Oh, and then we got into the parking. Like, we, we got into the correct lot, and then there was, like, nobody there, like, telling you where to park or where, like, where how close we could get and then we saw orange cones and we were like wait i think we could i think that's it and um we found it and the guy like was there and i told him i was like hey we have because doug was like tell him we have a legless guy and see if we can work here because <laughs> he for we didn't have a placard that's what it was oh yeah 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 and the guy was like no he's like it's fine park right here he's like don't worry about it yeah he was really cool yeah and so I was like, well, I'm just going to park the car here. I'm not dropping them off and then going to media parking when I can literally walk 
two feet away from where I need to go get my press back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we parked in the handicap spot finally. And so we send Sam to go get her press pass and Nikki and I start walking. Cause like, I don't want to be that asshole who just cuts in line, but then I had to become the asshole who just cuts in line because that shit went to another arena. Yeah. Like the line was so damn long. Yeah. The lines were really bad. Cause it was like that when we were there for fight for the fallen, the ticket and the line like, was ridiculous. Nikki and I, I, I mean, Nikki can attest. She was with me. I was like, okay, let's go find the end of this line. Yeah. And we walked for a while and we walked for a while and we walked for a while. And then I looked and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, if we had gone to the end of that line, we wouldn't have made it into the show. No, y'all would have missed the buy-in. It was insane. So we finally, they had these concrete barricades and a bunch of the other handicapped people just waited at the front and cut in front of people. Nikki and I just waited by one of the barricades and finally some nice couple guys were like, jump on in here. And we got in earlier. Yeah, they were like, now you have to buy us a beer. And I was like, now you can shut the fuck up. Cause... I was like, I ain't buying you shit. I don't know you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why can't you just be nice and let the legless person hop in front of you? <laughs> yeah. I, I think they were kidding. It was that oh, I'm sure they man were. type of humor. Yeah. But, and then I got to go in um, special media entrance, and so I didn't have a line either. And so, well, Once and, we got to the gates, it wasn't bad at all. No. Like, it was, was quick. I was, like, ready. I had my purse ready for, like, um, I don't know if it was just small enough. I just had, I had my purse ready, like, open and stuff. And um, she was like, oh, no, you can go through. I was like, I don't know if she saw it was with Doug and she didn't want to make Doug wait. Or <laughs> Yeah, maybe. They, uh, they gave me the pat down like they do at airports. And I'm like, how many people in wheelchairs are trying to bring guns in here? Like, seriously? <laughs> You're like, you might be the first one. Yeah. But that it was just, it was nuts. I was like, oh, okay. But once we got in, it was like, man, this place is not crowded at all. Um, Yeah, I found them pretty quick because obviously we came in through separate entrances, but I found them pretty quickly. Yeah, Um, we were texting and like literally Sam was like, I don't know, 50 feet behind me at a different liquor stand. The way they did the liquor was weird. Yeah. Like, each liquor brand has its own booth. Yeah, I was over by the uh, Jack Daniels. I think I was in the bathroom. You were. Yeah, you you were in the bathroom because you were like. I was trying to hurry up and, like, go so I didn't have. I was like, I got to hold this shit uh, um, throughout the show. I ain't trying to go, like, in the middle. Yeah, we didn't know, like, how hard it was going to be to get to our seats or anything like that. So we were just like. I was like, go now. I'll stay right here and text Sam and be like, okay, where are you? This is where we are. Yeah. And then I saw, like, after I sent the text saying where I was at, I saw Doug and I was like, oh, he's right here. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm at the Bacardi thing, which was like 50 feet ahead. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So we all get together and then we're like, okay, let's go figure this bullshit out. And I go where the sign is pointing for our section. And there's no way to get to our section because there's stairs. And I'm like, okay. Hmm. 
And then they're like, where are you sitting? And I knew the tickets. I knew exactly what seats we had. And they were like, I was like 103. And they're like, oh, you have to go all the way down to the end and go up a ramp on the side. I'm like, okay, that's not that uncommon. No big deal. We get to the ramp and the lady at the top, she was trying to help us because some people had just come up there and that wasn't where their seats were. But she was like, are you sure your seats are up here? I'm like, yes, ma'am. And we get up there. That lady. <laughs> I'm like, I can read a fucking ticket. Um, I'm like, someone hey, sent us here. The other side, because my seats were not near theirs. Mine were in a different section, and the, the media was elsewhere. So I missed all of this. Yeah. So we go up this ramp. We meet this lady, and she's like, "Okay, 103.78. Let's go to your seats." Well, we get to 103.78. AEW had set up slot machines in the seats they sold us. <laughs> now, when, we re- when I rewatched this, I was like, fucking slot machines. Right? Because we had a really good spot there. Yeah, we did. And nope, nope, nope. Didn't get our good spot. So she's like, we're going to have to relocate you. And usually that works to your advantage at a stadium or arena. Anytime I've been relocated, it's ended up being way better. So I'm like, fine, do it. Like, I don't give a fuck. And for, um, by the way, I didn't hear any of this. So I was like, I was just following and I was like, what the fuck? Why are we trying to move? And then I realized, I think you told, no, I think I heard you tell Samantha. I didn't hear the oh, full no, he reason. texted me or whatever. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. At first. It was such a clusterfuck. It was... There are slot machines. We've got to relocate you. Let me call down to Steve. So we go find Steve. Steve is back in the middle by the Bacardi thing. Steve has to call down to the other section on the opposite end of Daly's place to make sure they have two. So well, then actually, we, let me interrupt you right here. They yeah, tried no, to put us on this one end, and I was like, I don't want to sit here. I'm not sitting in the oh, yeah. black T-shirt. And yeah, them. they tried. So our seats were kind of middle and like a little to the side like as far as the handicap seats went they were the best view right they tried to move us to the full side it was like behind hard cam or whatever it was behind a whole like camera setup and the sun would have been like beating on our backs the whole time and we were like "Mm, no can we uh, is, is there anything else so they take us to steve Steve has to call another section. Steve tells us to go down to that section. That lady has to give us whole new tickets. And they're like, don't lose this. Bitch, nobody was checking tickets. <laughs> no, they Once were you were in there, if you weren't near a wrestler, they didn't give a fuck who you were. Um, unless you were on the couches in front of us. Then they gave a fuck. Right. Um, but turns out the guys they kicked out were supposed to be there. So... I don't know. It was confusing as hell. They kept leaving and coming. People just kept leaving and coming back. I was like, okay, well. Yeah. So we finally get these seats. We're, and I, we look around and we realize we're right next to the Moxley entrance door. As soon as we start coming up that um, long, like, Ramp, ramp up yeah thing. i was like oh my god this is mox's door like i wasn't thinking mox's about door. it 
It is his door, okay? <laughs> it's really the everybody's door, but the thing you would know it on TV is Mox's door. So I was right. like, okay, am I mad they sold us seats that didn't exist? Sure. <laughs> but I'm also going to be within three feet of John Moxley, and that's pretty fucking cool. So I can live with this. Right, because I was like, we were walking up, and I was like, that's where Mox comes out. Oh, my God. And so, like, I wasn't thinking about how close we were going to be to that door. And I was like, I mean, if you fucking think about it, um, when they were like, um, we're going on to the other side, I wasn't fucking thinking, okay, well, we're going on the side that Mox comes out at. I was just, okay, we're going to the other side. Right. Away from the sun is all I cared about. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, I have to state this before we get into the show, because it's going to greatly affect my live experience of the show. 99% of arenas and stadiums in the country, in handicapped seats, if people stand up in front of them, you miss the show. I have been to whole concerts... That I didn't get to see because I was in handicap seats. You are considerate. Yeah. yeah. And you can even tell those people, and the people in front of you will sit down, but that's not enough because then the people in front of them stand up, and then you get those two rows, and then the, the, it's it has to be the whole section. And if the whole section's not playing along, you're fucked. So I missed. Every entrance, every finish, every false finish, any excitement that people stood up for, I didn't see any of that shit during the show. <laughs> and I to like lean and tell Doug things that was um, that were happening. Yeah. Like when I and then sometimes he would nod his head like I know and I was like well, I I don't know what you can see so I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I did appreciate it. I was just. I was angry, not so much for me, but I'm angry those seats cost more mm-hmm. because seats in that area were only 60 bucks and we paid 100 Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing that people were being charged double, so I don't know. Uh-huh. My dad, actually, we mentioned that to my dad, and he was like, they should get in trouble for that. Like, that should be under, and I was like, I wonder if there's anything you can do under, like, the Disability Act with that, and he was so, like... Here's my thing. The Disability Act is very, very vague. And it is it the Disability Act is not about fair. The Disability Act is about access. Could I attend the show and have a spot in the crowd with everyone else? Uh-huh. Yes. ADA will not spell out mm-hmm. must be able to see the show. Must not be charged more. That's bullshit. Well, I'm uh, I don't know. I know we tweeted at them, but I don't know if you should reach out to Daily Place. Yeah, I'm going to try next week because oh. it's I got busy with end of school and I've tweeted several times and they haven't said shit. Yeah, I, so. tweeted, yeah. I quote tweeted you with a yeah. picture proof of you having to lift yourself up to see Sting. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> is, OK, week. so I was lucky and can stand on my arms. I also had Nikki with me who could, you know, tell me what was going on. The people next to us were two 
obviously a mom and a sister of a man in a wheelchair. And if someone was holding his chair, he could kind of stand up to see. Okay, fine. My issue is the section next to us. There were three guys who do not have the capability of moving without the assistance of their chair. They do not have the capability to see the show. And they missed most of the fucking show. And I would have asked for money back. They they weren't they weren't yelling and screaming, but I was mad for them. Yeah. And right. the lady sitting next to us, the mom of the man who was sitting with us, she was pissed. She was real pissed. Good. Um and the thing is, he was on the FanFest video when they showed clips from FanFest. Uh-huh. So I'm real curious if people are aware of that. I would not want a guy that I'm using to show how inclusive I am as a company, AEW. Right. To be on my FanFest video and then have had a negative experience at Double or Nothing right. with no um, attempt at reconciliation. Just saying. But, and the guys in front of us, like, in the row, right, because we had couches in front of us that were for, like, backstage people who were coming out for a break or family members or whatever. Um, And then we had the row in front of them. The row in front of the couches would sit down. They tried. I will give them 100% 100 credit. They were trying. One of them turned around and apologized to me at one point. I was like, I know, man, it's not you guys. Sorry. Do do what you got to do. Um, But it just kept getting worse. The better the match was, or the more important the match was, the less we saw. And I was just like, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, towards the end, I was like, I'm just going to sit down and just watch it on the replay. You know, I had yeah. somebody that was in the... They were, I guess, technically where you guys were at, but they were, like, over in front of my section, and this guy kept standing up, and um, most of the time, I could stand up and, like, stand up on tiptoes and see stuff, but I completely missed, uh, there was something that happened in Sheeta versus um, Baker, and it was a false finish, but because of the crowd reaction and him standing up, I stopped timing the match for a few seconds, because I thought the match was over, because I couldn't see past him. Um, so it's a, definitely an issue like throughout, um, throughout the arena and it's yeah. not, I know but, it's like, I'm, I know wrestling gets exciting at times, but I was like, there's just some points where I was just like, you don't have to stand up for that. Well, like, and see, I have an easy fix. It's a real easy fix. It doesn't even cost anything. It doesn't make you have to change anything on a website. You simply state before the show, you have all those security people who are standing by the mock store. You have them go to each row and say, can I have your attention for 30 seconds, please? This section is in front of the handicap accessible seating. Many of them do not have the ability to stand up. If you could please, if you're in this section, stay sitting down to make sure everyone can enjoy the show. Right. That's it. That yeah. would fix it. Because not everyone would listen, but enough people That's would. Just about the way. That if someone forgot, they'd be like, hey, man, sit the fuck down. We got handicapped people. And they'd be like, oh, sorry. 
Like, right. people aren't purposefully being assholes. Right. Because they <laughs> literally don't know. Right. And so there you go, Daly's Place. I fixed the problem for you. Um, we talked to a guy on the way out. He had done the same shit. He had bought the ADA seats the first time and hadn't seen the show. So this time he bought a regular seat. He didn't see the show. This guy who needed a walker or cane to get around ended up standing on the stairwell, leaned against the rail to see the show, the entire fucking show. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous and unacceptable. Uh, yeah. It, one, it's unacceptable. Two, it's not safe. No. Because um, the thing is, like, I've done that before in college when I was at a concert I couldn't see. I scooted over to the aisle. Great, I could see. I got yelled at. I got told to move. You can't be in the aisle. You can't be on the stairwell during the show. Right. Because if shit happens, those areas have to be clear. Right, right. exactly. Um, so, and that's a fire hazard on top of that. Right. And I don't want to I don't want to say this is a daily's place only problem because it's oh, not. It's it's everywhere. It's so it many places. Double ticket prices, which I did not know on top of that. So you need to fix your ticket prices and you need to fix it where people can see. Especially if you're gonna charge people twice as much when they're already coming with a seat of their own and then mm-hmm. they're in person who you're charging them the same price on top of that, then you need to make sure that they can see the fucking show. Yep. That'd be nice. Yeah. And very it, it's, I, I'm done with it. Like I'm done with that shit happening. Like I was so excited to go with y'all and I was so excited to be there. Right. And we were glad you could come with us. And it was awesome to be back not just at a wrestling show but at that show right and then i couldn't see it yeah and it was just like fuck me i forgot this was a thing during the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) because this is not my first rodeo like this has happened to me before and i was like oh man if i had thought about this if you had if you guys had been able to stay in your regular seats it still probably would have been an issue it would have been but it would have been better just because there was more of a clear area versus this was not i feel like our original seats were a little more raised than the ones we ended up in right but that could just be perception or you know hindsight 2020 kind of deal but um all you gotta say is if you are in sections 103 and 107 in the lower bowl, please stay seated so everyone can see because you are in the you are in front of the handicap accessible section. Thank you. Right. That's it. That's all you got to do. Put a friendly reminder. And really, this could have been fixed by AEW. They could have just put the show on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Another reason they didn't, because uh, I thought about that too, because I was like, well, anywhere else. Like any other arena, they would have had it up on the screen, and I was like, oh, I guess because hard cam is facing that, and so they wanted the dull or nothing to be behind that and not the action, but still. Well, that's a thing they need to change in production then. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things. I will say, Daly's Place is much smaller in person than I expected. I thought that place was going to be really significantly sized. It's not. It's a pretty small venue. 
Right. I uh, mean, it, and I can see like why it would be a really good place for concerts because it's a pretty, I mean, it's large, but it's still kind of intimate. On yeah. Top of that. And considering what they were doing and when they couldn't have fans and stuff, like it's still the best place for them. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a pretty small. Which yeah. makes it easy. I mean, I think it, it has a nice environment to it. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't hate it. It's just I would have liked to have seen the show. Yeah. yeah. But so all that being said, um, I know I just ranted for a really long time about all that. Oh, it's important. People yeah. need to know. But going back to the replay, this show was much better than I had previously thought. Um, watching it back through. I know a lot of people were bitching about certain matches. I thought it was excellent. I didn't hate anything. I thought everything was solid. Um, Some shit exceeded expectations. I don't know how you could bitch about this show. No, I don't know. People, those people are probably just looking for things to bitch about. Um, A fantastic show. Like even the stuff that wasn't for me, like I'm not a power guy. So Miro versus Archer, not my bag. But it wasn't bad, and it didn't go on too long. So, no, um, all right. So we start with the buy-in. We had Serena D versus Rio. Let me tell you, that crowd. I know it was loud on TV, but it was loud as fuck in that place. Mm-hmm. It was hot for them. That yeah. I they mean, love Serena Deeb. I had no idea. Rio, yeah, Rio came out first and got a gigantic pop. And at first, when Serena came out, her pop was big, but not as big. But then, all of a sudden, they just got real loud for her. And then it was just this back and forth chant between for both of them, just the entire match. Like they, so I don't want to hear shit about how women's wrestling doesn't draw and that people don't like women's wrestling because that is a fucking lie. Um, <laughs> I would say the second biggest pop of the night was for the women's match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the only bigger pop was maybe for Eddie and Mox. Um, but I mean it we'll get there, but yeah, pops of the night. The people at Daly's place very much enjoyed women's wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just because they kept you in match run-throughs of like what the card was. Every time they got to Sheeta and Britt, it got it got really loud applause. Like people weren't even cheering just for regular like matches on the card. They weren't really cheering for, but that that match would pop up, and every single time the crowd would just get really loud for it. Yep, every time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you're bitching about women's matches, wake up. And the thing is, I noticed in that crowd. I think it was a more casual crowd than I expected. Uh-huh. Because when AEW started, it was all the indie kids like us going, oh, my God, there's a major company built for us. Right, right. And it still kind of is, but now it's had long enough to build its own following, in, like, independently of the indies. Right. So it was a lot more casual. Yeah. Um, than I thought it would be. Like, people didn't know who Leo Rush was in our section. Which is very surprising. I'm like, did you not watch WWE at all? <laughs> he was so forgettable in WWE, though. Like, he was just annoying in WWE. So, And 
I know a lot of people. Bobby's idea. I mean, was uh, that was Vince's idea, and he. Of course, it was. Yeah. Who who else would that be? Like as a joke, and Vince was like, "That's great. Do it all the time." And that's why he did it constantly, nonstop, because Vince thought it was good shit, pal. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And the thing is, like, just I hadn't thought about that with this company yet. That oh yeah. There are probably people watching this who don't know indies are a thing now. Um, so that's interesting. Right, it is. But Serena and Rio fucking killed it. That like, match was incredible. Like even going back and watching it. And um, I'm not a big Serena fan. Like she's not one of my favorites. But it's still just we're gonna come out here and we're gonna make sure people remember we should have been on the main show. Right. And she represented another company's title on top of that, which just, I mean, she's, she has since lost that title, but she, I mean, obviously she's on AEW's roster, but she went out there and she just, she put on maybe a women's match of the year. Right. And with another company's belt and opened the show. Yeah, they definitely, I would agree that is a match that should have been on the main card. But at the same time, we've discussed this before, the buy-in also is what you – that's what you want on the buy-in. You want something that's going to stand out and be really good so you can be like, hey, you like that? Go buy this shit. Right. Um, So I get it, and I don't think anyone expected – I mean, did Rio and Serena have a history or anything? I don't think they really did. I think they did, and I don't – I want to say that was the first time they had faced each other. Um, I could be wrong. If that was the first time they had faced each other, that was amazing. Because I think when, because most of the time that Serena was wrestling when she wasn't injured, Riho was still in Japan. Right, because she was stuck there with quarantine. Right. So I was positive. I mean, I could, that could be wrong. Maybe Serena wrestled her in Japan. Maybe. But they they had great chemistry. They made it look great. Um, I don't know if y'all had commentary on on your rewatch, but Rio has moved to America full time. Yes. So that's great. We'll be seeing more of her. And you know what was crazy? She, <laughs> Rio, that weekend at Double or Nothing, she was celebrating her 15th year in wrestling. And last week she just turned 24. <laughs> She's baffling. Yeah. It, it's not like, fair how good she is. Yeah, and I think, I mean, she was an excellent champion, but I think I think she's somebody that should be women's champion again. Um, Absolutely. Because I think people will appreciate her more. Um, I think a lot of people just weren't familiar with her work, and they were too, because they're so trained by the WWE that little, even though Rey Mysterio is one of the most successful wrestlers in the last 30 years, they're so trained that little wrestlers can't compete and then you know obviously there was the whole shit with Riho and and Nyla and Nyla how can that be and I'm like I mean people Riho knows how to wrestle yeah <laughs> he knows how to wrestle really really well yeah um, that's the problem here so but yeah she she's awesome so I'm glad she's gonna be around more and you know if we do get another global pandemic um my only issue is I really struggle with her outfit 
Oh, I think it's cute. Oh, I think it's cute too. My dad doesn't like her thing either. He he always he's like she looks like she's wrestling in a diaper. But I was, I was like, like it's Hush. very the Joshi style of what they wear. It, they wrestle. So it is the Joshi style, but because of the people I know, where my brain goes is um. It's called like Lollycon or something, but it's purposely dressing like a young child. And oh, Lolita. Yeah, it's 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 Japan meets Lolita shit, and yeah. it, I can't, I just can't. So I need I need her to make it a little less Lolita y for me. I, um, think but. that most of the time I think that the thing is really cute, but I get the weird like child thing and it it could just be like i'm putting my own connotations from what i've seen and what i hear and like that kind of thing i sort of know somebody that um i mean just online not like personally um but i know somebody that dresses in that style and it's only like at least with her case she like only dresses like that she doesn't as far as i know she doesn't she dresses because it's like a cute fashion, basically. It's not yeah. like Yeah, I when I see it, it's usually connected to weird things that I don't want to think about. Right. So, I'm like, mm, <laughs> well, nope, get that out of here. Time I see her. <laughs> no, now I'm gonna see um, that when I see this. Yeah, you're welcome. No, I, and like you said, if it's the style that everybody's wearing over yeah, there and that kind of thing. From like things that I've seen like in DDT, like clips and things like that. See, and that makes sense. So it it's probably just my own perception of what I'm seeing, like, me think this. Great. I was like, it, I see those girls' stuff pretty often, so now I'm going to be like, oh. But I'm <laughs> going to be I'm, like, dang it, Doug. Because <laughs> as far as I know, she really doesn't. I mean, it's just because it's a cute fashion trend. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. That's as far as it goes. Or as far as I know. Yeah. Ugh. I wish I didn't know about it. I really do. But <laughs> okay. So yeah, Rio's amazing. Glad we're going to see more of her. Serena was impressive. I did not know the crowd was behind her like that. Yeah. Um, I also really liked it was... I'm trying to think how to put this. It was simultaneously a NWA and an AEW match. Yeah. It was the very old school, I'm going to work a body, body part, and then, like, you know, I'm going to do the hold so you tap on that body part. Yeah. Um, which is a very NWA thing to do, but there's also a lot of, you know, hard-hitting, jumping around, AEW-type stuff. So I enjoyed it. That was good. I, too. I really love that match. All right. So then that leads us to the main show. And I mean, they started hot. Like, sure it is. Yes. This card was stacked. And it's weird when, like, the Cody match was probably the low point. Right. And it wasn't a bad match. And the crowd, and even the crowd, like, they were into it, but not as loud as they were for, like, other matches. Like, I I don't think they hated it or anything. It's just. So when Cody, when you're on a show where Cody is the quieter match, then you know it's sacked. Because yeah, it was absolutely sacked. That, that crowd was loud and hot all 
night long. Like they did and not. It, being a more casual crowd, you know they're into Cody. Like that Cody is kind of the reason casual fans started him and Jericho or why casual fans were like, right. wait a second, what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, and then like after, cause I always go back to this when we went to all in Cody, I have never in my life heard a reaction for a wrestler like that before. Like literally when people say it was electrifying, like you could feel the energy when Cody's music hit that night, it was so fucking like it was deafening. And Are you then, talking about all, um, all in? Yes, yeah, what I said. Oh, I didn't. I'm snapping a friend, and I didn't. <laughs> that yeah, she was talking about all in. So it was super was like I've never hope. I have never heard a crowd like that before in my life, and I, and since then I've never heard a reaction like that. I mean, he got a good reaction at double or nothing but it was nothing like that so people were already behind cody then because we saw what was happening and we knew something special was happening that night i mean we didn't know it was going to lead to this but i think we all if people we knew something special was happening so cody is kind of their their guy here's my question was cody the first guy to really do that to leave and go I'm going to travel the world and then I'm going to do shit my way. At modern day wise. Yeah, I would say yes, because my, cause I mean, Jericho was art. But was, even the guys like Jericho jumped between WCW and Vince. Right. right like, no, so that's not the same as I can think of as far as modern wrestlers go. He was the one that kind of set out and did his own thing. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously people are rooting for him because he's Dusty Rose's son, but then yeah. it got to a point where that was just a small part of it. Like it was because Cody was putting on incredible matches. He got to be a heel, not not dashing Cody Rhodes heel. He got to be like full on. See, yeah. I even liked his stupid gimmicks. Like he I is the king. I did not care. I was not really. He is the king of the cliche of chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, like, like they I, would give him nothing, and he would I, be so entertaining. I know Cody hates Stardust, but I loved it. I, I did too. I thought he did an es- excellent job, especially when it was Stardust and Goldust yes. versus yeah. superhero Neville and Stephen um, Amell. Oh yeah. God, it was so good. It it was the stuff my little nerdy superhero <laughs> brain needs. Yeah, it was- and then it brought wrestling into it, and I was like, yes. <laughs> Well, and see, uh, that shows then that Cody knew what to kind of do and to bring in so he could kind of marry these things of bringing in. I mean, I know WWE was the one who brought in, like, the celebrity aspect, but he knew what to do with it. For, I like, think Cody was the one who was friends with him, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. So I, I don't think Amel ever would have made it in without Cody. I think that that was a smart thing to do. And then, of course, that carried over into All In, which I was kind of like, why are we giving Stephen Amell a match? But I didn't hate it. But then, but he, I thought he did pretty well. He definitely brought in a different type of fan base. And then yeah. that part of the fan base that is into, you know, a lot of the fan base is into comics and things like that. So um, they knew who they were playing to, and they did a really good job mm-hmm. with it. And now Stephen Amell is doing a wrestling show for stars uh, where he plays. Is he? So I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, that show uh, Hills. Okay. Mm. 
It's based, it's loosely based on, I don't think it's necessarily inspired by the Rhodes Brothers, but it is uh, based on two brothers who are wrestlers. Um, and I've seen, I saw the trailer a few weeks ago, and like I was already into it. Like, I don't even have stars, but I will subscribe to it so I can, or I'll buy it so I can uh, watch this. And then CM Punk is in it, and he like, he plays a character named... Um, what is it? It's Randy, Rabbit Randy? Yeah, something like that. And, like, he wrestles, I think the woman is his sister, maybe? And they have, like, taxidermy animals that they bring out to the ring. Weird. Like, it looks I'm gonna have to watch this. But, yeah, the show sounds really, really good. Um, but I was I'm gonna also, say, it's called Heels. Is it gonna charge me $50 and then give me nothing? Probably. <laughs> uh. And then it, uh... Yeah, I think they filmed it in Georgia. Everything films in Georgia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it did, because actually somebody that I know on the Twitters, uh, he does... On the Twitters. <laughs> I mean, I know you. I know we say that. On the but... Twitters, he um, he does, like, extra stuff, because he's in Georgia, and so sometimes... Yeah. And I think they offered him that show, but he had already taken off work for a vacation. And so he couldn't take off for it. He was pissed because he was like, he's a wrestling fan. He's like, this would have been right up my alley. And he's like, but I couldn't do it because uh, it was, it was like two or three days. I think uh, was all it was. I guess they just needed people in the crowd for a wrestling show or something. Yeah. And he, and they were going to pay, I think they, I can't remember, but so yeah, he was just like, but I had just asked off for vacation time and, um, when I found out and he was like, I couldn't do it. And he was really pissed when he couldn't do gotcha. it. Gotcha. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So it wouldn't be a sad podcast if we didn't go on crazy. Hey, tangents. Still about, it's still about wrestling. You mad about me talking about my, that is public though. Thing. We were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, All right. But when it was starting off hot, we started with Brian Cage and Hangman. And, like, Serena and Rio kicked it off really well. And then Brian and Cage were like, hold my beer. Or yeah, Brian and Hangman were I like, hold Brian my beer. At first I was like, did he realize he said Brian and Cage? Yeah, it, um, I've been, so I don't know if this is why, but I'm switching anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's fucking me up. I've been fucking up words for, like, two days. Oh, you mean right. <laughs> No, I think it. he said it. I think he said it correctly. I think I said it wrong. I said Brian versus Cage, and then oh. I meant. Okay. Then I was like. I think I, I, I mean, what you were talking about, so I just assumed that that's what you said. Yeah. Um. But that crowd loves them some Hangman Page. They love them some Hangman Page, but as a personal fan of Get My Shit In, Brian Cage, I think he showed he could deserve a higher spot on the card he doesn't need team taz he doesn't need all this bullshit if you put him against the right people and this match was great like i i I, loved it it was everything i wanted from both of them i thought it was a pretty good match like i'm not a super like i don't hate brian cage but i don't know what it is i fucking love brian cage for no no logical reason Especially with his Doug, um, Dougley gear. I do love his Dougley gear. That is one of my favorite things about him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoy him. I don't like. I don't. I wouldn't say that like I'd go out of my way to like watch him. But he, I, 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 I mean, I really, would I drive four hours to watch him? No. 
but when he shows up on stuff and is just a big muscly dude doing 450s off things, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can watch that. Yeah, and he's extremely agile for his size. Right. So I don't know if you've ever seen pre performance enhancing drugs Brian Cage. I don't think I have. He's no, a cruiserweight. Because he was in um yeah, because I was going to say, obviously, I saw him in Impact, I think, is where I first saw him. He was a super skinny cruiserweight yeah, before I, Performance Enhancers, and he, I'm sure he doesn't talk about it publicly. But the thing is, like, I don't know. He's an adult. He's making a stupid decision for his long-term health. He's still extremely talented. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, he uses roids. He's not that good. If anything, that's made it harder to do what he does. Probably so. Because you know his flexibility has to be like shit. Because his muscles are just in the way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've loved Brian Cage a long time. I love Hangman. And it was so good. And then like Cage. We know that Hangman does what he does, but it still blows my mind that I watched him for like six years in PWX and now he's I watched him pretend to drink fireball in a ring in Hickory right the first time I saw him yeah and I mean when I obviously when Nikki and I first saw him that's back when he was wearing he was coming out to Song of the South by Alabama and he was wearing his green John Deere hat and he he had that was my favorite though yeah I loved it and like he was good, and it's funny. I mean, he was good then. And, I mean, and we were tell. scared to talk to wrestlers then, so we only yeah. talked. And that was it, I think. Yeah, and, and it just, um, but it just blows my so mind that he. We never talked to him. That we were like scared. now we see him like this. He's a legitimate threat to when they book it that way. He's a legitimate threat to Kenny Omega. Like, he, like <laughs> he's a fucking star. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're an old school fan or a new school fan. There's something to like about Adam Page, and then outside of that, he's such a nice guy in real life. He was a teacher. He's so authentic. Like it just comes through how authentic he is, even with like tweets are super relatable. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's just I I think he's just one of those stars that really that everybody can relate to and they can or they can get behind or you know he's got the in-ring work he's got the he's obviously extremely attractive he's very charismatic he's got the character like his character went a whole different way than we thought it would go but it works and somebody you root for i think the second i realized how big a star he was gonna be was when he rode a horse in Stadium Stampede last year, and it was the biggest pop of the night. Like yeah. it was like, okay, that this is never going away. He will be this cowboy forever, and right. I'm not mad about it. No, no, he makes it work, and like he says, like you don't have to have a hat to be a cowboy. Like he just, yeah. like, this is yeah, he's made it work and on so levels. And what I what I appreciated about this match, just outside of like, there was good character work from Hangman, as always. Brian Cage got some character work and setting up his eventual leaving of Team Taz, which is absolutely necessary. Um, but 
I liked they showed what they could do because Brian Cage hit a buckshot and Hangman did a TKO, which Brian Cage has used on occasion. You know, that's usually a big muscle guy thing. Right. And it's just like, fuck yeah, this this is great. This is everything I love about wrestling and everyone who steals moves. It's never enough to take out the guy who uses the move. You know this, so don't right. waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> you never are going to do it as well as them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hangman, I, Hangman's I, just great. And then on the way out, he was um, he cheers with somebody. Like He won't drink anyone else's alcohol anymore because right. pandemic. But right. he what, – what are they calling his beers? Are they calling them Pagewisers? I've heard people call it that, but I don't know if they've actually stuck with anything. I do remember that I've heard people reference them as page wisers, but I don't know if it's something that has stuck. Okay. Well, he had yeah. his page wiser and he cheered some chick in the crowd who had a yeah. drink. That was and cool. I was like, I appreciate that. Good on you, Hangman. Really cool. You could see when he came out there and he realized, like when he heard the reaction he got, I, like, I like he felt see, that electricity. Yeah, you could see him stop and just take I it all in. Him like do it as like yeah, um, he just you he soaked it in and just like really seemed to appreciate. Not that any they all obviously appreciate having the crowd there, but you could just tell like I guess and I'm sure some people were kind of like I don't know you know I was super over with the crowd before. Are they still gonna care? I mean they were chanting cowboy shit like as soon as his. As soon as the ho- you could hear the horse um, hooves, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were already yeah. like they were waiting on it, and yeah. it was smart to have Brian come out, Brian Cage come out first because they knew that Hangman was gonna. Well, why did Brian Cage come out like it was his mania entrance though? Yeah, like, he, yeah. like that battle armor with the red light. Yeah, that, that was-, was a lot for like a. A pretty standard match. Yeah, but right. I thought it was really cool. I mean, too, it I was, was cool as hell, but, like, this was a match that was more just, like, bragging rights than anything else. Right. Like, I get when you bust that out for your match with Kenny Omega, or you bust that out for your match versus Miro. That, that just shows that he was treating it like a really big deal, which I think is important. Which um, could be why the match was so good, is they, yeah, they treated treat- it like it was a big deal. And I think it was also, okay, this is the match that's going to set the tone for the pay-per-view because this is our first pay-per-view back in front of fans. This is a big show for us. And I think they were like, we have to start it off like it's important. And I think they just went out there and treated it like a really big deal. And and I think you're right. that That's probably why the match was so enjoyable is because they cared a lot about what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, It, it was so good. It it had no right to be as good as it did. Like, mm-hmm. and I say that as fans of both of them. Right. Um, I I was not expecting much here, and then I was like, damn, yeah. that was a strong opener. Yeah, I was like, was- that was really good. Yeah. 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 I was like, okay, this will be a good. You know, this should be a solid thing to open the show. And then I was like, and then it ended up being way better. Than I expected. Like on a less stacked show, that would have stolen the show. Yeah, right. That would have uh, easily stolen. Like, like that could have made a been a dynamite, probably. Yeah, it could have made a been a dynamite, or it could have stolen a, you know, 
a full gear or revolution where Mox and Omega are injured or something like that. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, that, that would be a show stealing match on any other card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this card was insane. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Making it even more insane as if starting with hangman wasn't enough. Then they just bring out Moxley and yeah. Eddie and the Bucks. I'm like, it's the second match. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, I should have figured because Bucks are usually first or second. But I was like, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, Mox now? Well, and I noticed, and, like, because of where our seats were at, they were next to, like, a ramp where people could come in and out. And I noticed that they were stopping people and wouldn't let them come up. And I said something to the guy next to me. I was like, why are they holding them back? And he was like, because Mox was coming. And I was like, what? Because I wasn't paying attention to the video on the screen. Yeah. was setting up their thing. And I was like, why is this match second? And then I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And then... Of course, that's what it ended up being. But I was like, yeah, because I was like, why are they? I was like, who are they holding? I mean, do do the Bucks have backstage responsibilities still? Yeah. 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 So maybe they try to go on early so they can focus on the rest of the show. As far as I've been watching, they've always been pretty early from what I can remember. I guess it so, makes sense, too, because you want to like, keep the Japan, They were all often early. And Well, but in New Japan, they were always the junior tag. Yeah. Like, I, even when they moved up a little bit, that tended to be a earlier in the match show. Yeah. But, like, at PWG, they were always, like, one of the last matches. Oh, well, you know, I always... <laughs> we well, and another thing I'm wondering if the reason they made it second was had Hangman and Cage not been what it was, maybe they wanted to make sure they had a match to follow up that would maybe. get the crowd Yeah, going. get the crowd going. Yeah. And so maybe that was another reason they decided to put that match where they did. Yeah. I I can't be mad, though. This match yeah. was fucking stellar. It was. Um, and I, I know you got to talk about the energy of the door kick. <laughs> Listen, it was really exciting, and I'm never going to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can't disagree, like, because so you can tell who the big stars are when you're at these shows. Because there's a lot of security, but there's one tough, big, burly, just angry-looking bastard. Like, he looks like he should be in a war movie or something as the gruff sergeant. (laughs) Comes out. He was there for Mox, and he was there for Jericho. Those are the only two people I saw him run security for all night. Um, so I'm guessing he's like their head guy. Um, but like with Mox and Eddie, when they were coming, he was like getting little kids and yelling, stand back, stand back. And I'm like, they put him there because that show where that fan like try to run at Mox because they were excited. And Charlie, who is now the former BTE, I mean, uh, Sammy Guevara blog champion, Charlie yeah. is the one who had to intercept that fan and make sure that and Mox was like Charlie took them down like he made sure that person did not get to me so I'm wondering if that's what made them move to a bigger security person because they're like all right Mox is at this level now where fans are gonna 
get excited and not think about what they're doing. And they're going to, not that they would intentionally, I don't think anybody would intentionally harm him, but we yeah. can't fan accidentally hurt Mox before his big matches. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, fair. you know, our dad um, worked security a lot, like on and off throughout the years. And my dad's a bigger guy. So they usually stuck him around like the front of the stages and around. Yeah. And even one time he, we were at a wrestling show. I don't even remember what, I don't know if it was just a regular raw or if it was a pay-per-view. It was, I think it was our, a regular show. Yeah. Our dad, they, um, made him security for the wrestlers who were going to their car. Like nice. he, sometimes he would help, um, some of the wrestlers like with their bags and stuff, or he, they would be, and even there was a bit with Stone Cold. Um, and he really, he loves Stone Cold. Well, he wouldn't say he loves him, but he, loves he, he does. Um, <laughs> but he's a big Stone Cold fan. And he, there was a bit that they had to do with Stone Cold and he had to like, Stone Cold had to go through like these doors and um, my dad had to like um, had to like help him through the doors and like walk yeah. off to wherever I, I can't remember like what happened but yeah I don't they, remember the details either but I know they put our dad with him because of his size yeah and they, so because um, they knew if he they would his, just seeing his size would deter people from trying to right. do stupid right. right i think this guy that's probably what they do with him yeah because i did see him a lot around the front of the stage like um like when we went back and rewatched the show well even before i remember seeing him around towards the bottom uh like when nine mox things was happening <laughs> so uh yeah mox and eddie come out and the crowd explodes they've yeah, got the what were they, Dior shoes? Yeah, those in hand. Complain about Moxley changing to Wild Thing. Obviously, knowing that it's an Onita um, tribute, but uh, regardless, they are like, why would he come out to Wild Thing? That's not a that's not a song a guy like him should come out to. Let me fucking tell you. Listen, those Mox people, can do whatever he wants. Yeah, Mox. Those cases. Now, I do I do appreciate they upgraded from the '50s version. Because yeah. I feel like the 50s version has a very different vibe. Yeah. This this version's vibe works. It's the yeah. rebel. It's the bad boy. It's the, right. you so, know, guy that can't be controlled. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a perfect, it was perfect for him. And then that crowd, like, the minute it hit and well, she started I mean, singing, people were, like, screaming the lyrics at the top of their lungs. The entire song, the entire mm-hmm. intro, like that. This is the thing that people are going to be doing at live shows now. It's not going to just be Judas and just the Tarzan stuff. It's going to be yeah. wild thing that people yeah. are singing at the top of their lungs every time. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest. Themes can get you over to a crowd that doesn't know you. Yes. Yeah. Like Judas, pretty much single-handedly turned inner circle babyface. Yeah, I I hate that, but that's what happened. Everyone wanted to sing Judas, so no matter how shitty Chris Jericho was, they were still going to sing Judas. Yeah, and he mentioned it in the media scrum because somebody asked, they were like, well, you know, what did it feel like to have people still singing your song? And he was like, you know, honestly, because of the pandemic, I wasn't sure if people still were going to do it, like if they would have moved on from it. And he was like, so I was really glad to hear it. And he said, 
he brought up the fact that people were like, well, you're a heel. Why are you letting them sing your song? And he was like, because Pat Patterson told me that you always, always want a reaction from the crowd, whether it's good or bad, because if they're quiet, then you're not doing your job. And he was yep. like, they want to sing. I'm not going to stop that because I'm getting a reaction and that's my job. And he was yep. like, so I just let them he was like, so I just let them do it. And he was like, there's no, he was like, there was no reason to stop that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eddie, Eddie and Mox come out and the place blows up. The Bucks come yeah. out and I'm gonna talk. I think it's funny how quick people have turned on the Bucks. Like, don't get me wrong. The heel shtick is effective their heel this is probably like i saw some of their heel stuff in japan which was great but this is just like another level and they just peel back layers and they so i can't stand this oh they're one trick ponies or they're this or they're that no they're fucking they know what they're doing they're, they are genius cool. level heels like yeah. and then they're working in this stuff with belt belt collector kenny on top of that and it just it and then having Don Callis. Oh god, involved, fuck, like we fuck have a Don. We have a I hate who, Don. Yeah, we have a friend who absolutely hates him. She's like, I mean, he's doing his job. Like she's like, I get it, but I hate him. And yeah. I was like, see, but the four of them, this dynamic is some of the best hill work that's happening in wrestling. Period. Right. And now. possibly ever. Like the only thing I've seen close to this level with the Bucks was PWG when they reformed Mount Rushmore after Cole and Steen got signed. Right. And they, surprise, came out with Super Dragon and Roddy, super kicked and murdered everyone, then proceeded to get boxes out of their new merch, Mount Rushmore 2.0, and sell the shirts over their enemies' dead bodies. That's fabulous. <laughs> it's the greatest heel work I've ever seen. That's fabulous. They're getting to that level. Yeah, so they know what they're doing. And they, they clearly, they have experience being heels. And so they know what to do. They know how to add on to it. BTE helps build in an extra layer. And even for mm-hmm. people who don't watch BTE, you can see what they're doing every week. And you can see the things that they're building. And they're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I'll tell you the most heel thing right now is uh-huh. Nick Jackson's facial hair. It's so <laughs> I, bad. I was so uh, like it drives me crazy because now I can't um I'll forget like I'll be like, oh Matt, and then I'm like, damn it, that's Nick because I just went by beard and wasn't looking at yeah. the and <laughs> Nick's Nick's facial hair and hair dye. Yeah. Both yeah. awful. And like then he, doesn't he keep moving his nose ring around or whatever? Yeah, and he puts it in his mouth sometimes. Or oh, on his mouth. God. It's so crazy. There's a thing uh, that I've been keeping up with BTE as much lately, but they do now they do the thing it's trick shots with yeah. and he just does like most of the time it's at home with his kid and like the other day, like he his son was driving around on like a little I don't know, some kind of a little... He rolled off of a... Uh, it's like one of them little rolly, like, car things, and he yeah. rolled off of a, um, a ladder, like a little a ladder. Slide. slide. Good Lord. <laughs> um, and then, but Nick jumped over his son as he slid underneath him and, like, jumped over him, and he made the shot. <laughs> yeah. That like, sounds about right. Plane, 
he does these like insane things, but that's like his new. Mm-hmm. Right. Nick is an absurd level athlete. Yeah. Like, I know most people wouldn't say that about a wrestler, but there's some shit he does that's just impressive. Yeah. I and would, I feel like Matt is probably more the, like, the guy that kind of has to grind it out and really think about what he's doing. Where, Nick, of, where Nick can just be like, hey, I'm going to jump off that and it's going to look really good. <laughs> and Matt is not that Nick is not good, but Matt has been cut doing a lot of stuff on BTE where he cuts promos and they mm-hmm. have just been, they've been really, really good. And I know people fuss and say it should be on dynamite and they reference that all the time, but like he did one uh, when they were going to face SCU for the last time. And they were like, just driving home the point that like, just because we're friends doesn't mean we're going to go easy on you. But I mean, just, they, his promos are very, very good. So I think for he kind of obviously he has a lot of back injury or he has back injuries that he deals with a lot and a lot of injuries. So I think that he kind of feels like he that Nick does a lot in the ring. So he does a lot as to pick it up everywhere else. Yeah. yeah, but it works for both of them. Yeah. And I think um, I think Matt's really gotten this new attitude across the like uh I forgot what it was in the promo with Eddie and Mox. Like, do they do they have this? Oh, wait, I forgot. I don't care. Right. And, right. like, that stuff. Just, it's little throwaway lines. And it's like, all right, that's some heel shit. I like it. Very, um, very good at, about planting little seeds and things like that. This match could have gone an hour, and I don't think anybody would have been mad. Oh, that was um, a good match. I enjoyed it a lot. And it, my only beef I have is Excalibur messed up a call on the commentary. Did he? He knows better. So oh. he did the, they did the pile driver on the ramp. Uh-huh. And he said it was a Meltzer. Uh-huh. Not a Meltzer without the flip. Uh, and yeah. they didn't do the flip. When they do the pile driver without the flip, it's an indie taker. It's an indie taker, yeah. So he called it a Meltzer, but it was an indie taker on the ramp. That was my only complaint I had about any of this match. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, do what? I said he was hanging around JR too long. And then I yeah, thought, right. Uh, and this is the best wrestling Eddie has ever done in AEW. Yeah. Like, he looked damn good in that ring. And And he was selling an injury while he did it. Yeah, and those fans, like, you could tell, like, this is, they want it, especially fans who've watched Eddie for a while, you know, they know his story. And for him to get this big pay-per-view moment uh, was, I think it was, uh, fans really, I seem to appreciate that and to want that for him. And he did such an incredible job. And putting him with Mox has been, I mean, I know they're not a technical, like, our actual tag team but putting him with mox has been like i just want them to have a tv i just want them to have a tv show where they just talk so mox i was gonna say call the travel channel because (laughs) here here, here's the deal Uh mox and renee have said at different times that their whole goal in life is to make enough money oh yeah where they can just bail and get in a camper and just drive around together yeah 
That's all they want in life. I know he says, and he said it again recently. He said his whole thing is he wants Renee to get like super popular and be like on a talk show like Kelly Ripa, so he can retire and just do and just be a sugar daddy as well, or yeah. that he can be his sugar mama as well. Yeah, he he just wants to be a trophy husband. Yeah, um, it's hilarious. But like I've heard both of them say, we just want to get a camper and like travel around and just be together. Yeah. And that's so cool. He was like, oh, yeah. but I have like, an idea. Her and I was like, oh. oh my god, they're the cutest thing ever. And she said she did say that while she's on maternity leave, that John will be hosting at least one episode. And she was like, send him your relationship and um, love advice. Oh question. lord. <laughs> like, oh lord. I'm gonna have to listen to that one. Yeah, I don't know when it airs, but or like when it when they're doing it. But what I'm curious, will we get John Good or whatever his real name is, or are we getting Mox? I think I have not. I need to go back and do. Or will we get a podcast with her? I think we're getting. I think we're getting. But I don't know how much John Moxley is different from John Good. I think there's a lot. I I actually think they're pretty different. I think John Good's just kind of a chill dude from what I've seen. Maybe. Like when Renee wanted to be on Total Divas and he had to tag along, he he literally was just there to drink tequila and like hang out. That might that was probably also a different setting too. I think when he's like not in that type of a setting where it's corporate and because it's still an E thing and I yeah, think that's true. That he might be, but maybe, maybe we get a I mean, he did he did tweet that his book was Tales from the Titty Master. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read it. I don't know. I how wanted it. that to be the name of the book so I badly. This happened, but I put it out in the universe. I'm gonna put it out in there again. I want to interview him about his book so bad because I just want to talk. All right. <laughs> I was like, when, like, when does his book drop? Because I need to order it. Another book, and so if I can't interview him for this one maybe i can interview him for the next one but i'm um, like and i am not at all a part of this interview but i'm gonna <laughs> i do need to speak up and <laughs> i am not at all a part of this but hi <laughs> yeah i was hi. like i wanna i'm here what's up yeah somebody God, said why do they, they put books up for pre-order so far in advance well they do that now they have to because they that's how they some of them that's how they get paid or to prove their, or to get like from their advance, or it's just to make sure it proves to the book company, to the book publishers that people are actually interested in this book and that they will do for, I've heard some people say that uh, publishing companies will do better marketing if they'll market the book better, if they see that people are interested and they're pre-ordering it. So that's a, that's why they do it so early now. Y'all, we are only on the second match. I know, and we're two hours in. Um, we may have to split this up into part two, part one and two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Continue, because I mean, I'm, um, I'm fine. I listen, they that. can listen. We can do it all at once, and then they can listen, and they can listen in sections. Day. Yeah. Because the thing is, if I do a part one and a part two, then I have to like record an intro and an outro for each one. Right. We all know I'm not going to do that shit. I'm right. just going to post this as is with me bitching about the, is it recording? Oh, God, why is the timer jumping at the beginning? That's exactly how we're starting this show. Yeah. Um, just so you all know, I just pre-ordered Mox's book. 
I need to do that because I have an Amazon credit card. <laughs> so as I pay my credit card bill, I get free shit on Amazon. I so I just pre-ordered Mox's book for zero. It's out like it's coming out like two weeks before my birthday. It's like it's November second, I think it's yeah, on. My birthday is the nineteenth, so there you go. All right, so yeah, since we're only on the second match, <laughs> we will we will keep this rolling. But um, the Bucks are doing excellent work. Mox and Eddie are doing excellent work. Oh, I'm gonna f- wrap up my thought about Mox and Eddie. Call the Travel Channel. Give yeah. them a give Renee and Mox a camper, but then have Eddie just show up. Have Eddie in like a pinto following them around to the different places they travel just to bother them. Yeah. I would watch every episode of that. I will watch anything that involves Mox and um because they tell Eddie, the most they, random shit. And they told somebody told friends. Renee that they needed their own podcast, and she was like, "Listen, I'm the only one with a podcast in this house." <laughs> I wouldn't think Mox would want a podcast. I don't uh, think he would either. But just doing the stuff that they're doing, like just have a yeah of BTE, let them have their own YouTube show. Well, and like one of the best things about Lucha Underground that happened was season two when Rey Mysterio shows up. Uh, he gets he gets introduced basically because he's like running an underground wrestling dojo where you drink tequila. And I'm like, that is the best story about Rey Mysterio I've ever heard. That after leaving WWE, he's just in Mexico drinking tequila and training luchadors. Yes. Where is that story? I need all of that. So that's what I need with Eddie and Mox. Them going to different dive bars. City to city, having a beer, shooting the shit, getting distracted. Like Eddie sees a hot girl and Mox has to like get his attention back. <laughs> you know? That it'd be perfect. Yes. Uh, all right. So Casino Battle Royale. Um This one always kind of confuses me because I'm like, I'm not sure how they decide who's gonna be in it. And then like there's people in it, you're like, okay, star power, star power, star power hasn't been on Dynamite in, like, six months. Yeah, but I mean, what is going on? people are on Dark and Elevation, and I think for the people like us who watch consistently, then it's a reward for us. I mean, that's, like, basically saying you don't keep up. No, there's there's plenty of... I mean, it's true, though. Like, most people don't watch everything. Yeah, and there's yeah. people that uh, that write with me at Daily DDT, and they don't watch it, and they were, com- I forget what the kind of the complaint was, and I was like, yeah, but for those of us who watch every single week, like, we deserve a payoff for our yeah. yeah. investment into it, and so that's why, and these well, people- so much of the QT Cody story is happening on Dark and Elevation oh, with God. Aaron Solo and Comorado and- the storyline itself, like, I like the fact, like, what they're doing with the Nightmare Factory. I just don't think that QT was the vehicle to do it, and that irritates yeah. me. That's a whole other thing to not it get into It doesn't right really bother me. I just, I just don't feel like really... she's taking us. I mean, I, I get I, that. I don't care either way, basically. Like, I mean, to me. on the one hand, good for him. Like, he's finally getting, like, what he couldn't get from other companies. But on the other hand, you're taking a spot away from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I'm like, so, I, I thought they were going to kind of end that stuff 
with this. Like, I knew they were going to obviously keep the stuff going with Camarado, Solo, um, a go go, and all that stuff, but I didn't know they were going to keep involving QT in this. Like, now that it's yeah. over, like, how much longer are you going to keep QT fucking involved in this? Like, I they, don't know. Why hasn't why haven't they turned on him and ousted him? And, and like, the thing is, QT can't exact. He's not exactly hot on the mic. No, like that. That's my worst thing. Like Cody is so good at promos, and then you have um, most well, of the time when he's not being awkward. Anthony. But, uh, Gogo is really good on the mic too, and so he yeah. can, he can hold his own. Um, Camarado's obviously like the destroyer, and he doesn't really need to talk. I don't really know what Aaron Solo's mic skills are like. So, but I was like, QT should not be the one who is the Brody <laughs> Jr. was like, oh, he's just an extra. It's oh yeah, he got, he got Aaron was, Solo an extra. I think it was nice. BT and not Sammy. Yeah, it was B- I'm thinking it was, I'm pretty sure and it was BT. He was like, Oh, he's just an extra and Cody was like Brody. <laughs> like, chill with that. But Aaron, and, I mean Aaron just laughed. I mean he didn't I don't think he was offended by it at all, but it was really <laughs> Yeah, you could tell Cody was like Brody. So yeah, they I think have better to lead them and to uh, to be the So the things that stood out here to me, if we're talking about fantastic heel work, Matt Hardy is a king. God, I love him. Yes. Um, the him doing chiropractic work on yes. Isaiah Cassidy on the ramp, and then tweeting to brag about it and how yes. he's now a miracle healer too. Yes, he's Matt. Like, I, I, I can't. Like, no one is on his level when it comes to shit like that. And when he was, when I did see, like, I was not a fan of the Big Money Mac character in Impact, so I was annoyed when he brought it. I mean, I know why they did it, because they couldn't do the Broken Matt stuff without an audience, but I was like, when I first saw the Big Money Matt, I was like, no, please, this is the character that I did not like, but he's made it work, and then now he's he's like, doing it for for a wee fee. (laughs) There's um, much more to work with, I think, than what he had in Impact. There's so many more, like, young guys hanging out that he can weasel into his contract and make his 30%. And it's just, he, I think he's developed it more. Like, yeah, I I don't know if he was still sober at that point in Impact. Because uh, I saw him doing Big Money Matt at Big Time, he looked like shit. He looked. That bad. might have been when he was not eating the green beans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Big Time is not intensive wrestling, and right. he looked gassed. Like yeah. I, he did not look like he was in shape at the time, which could have been injuries, could have been lots of things. Yeah, it could have right. been. But yeah, but, so he really. He he's doing so well with it right now, and just the pulling private party into it was great. He's he's basically a place to go for characters that aren't working anywhere else. Right, and right he now. putting uh, one of the things that I talked about when I wrote that article about him when he wrote a thousand words for right. Matt Hardy. I did write a thousand words for Matt Hardy, and he read it and responded. I was gonna say that's not. E- that's not even enough words. Like, no, it's not. But he was. But that was one of the things that I said. I was like, they can use him with all of these young. I was like, clearly he has 
so he's just a brilliant mind when it comes to the business and he's somebody that people can learn from and i think putting private party with him was the smartest thing that they could have done because yeah. private party is they're good and they're talented but they need obviously they need they needed help with TV stuff. They needed help developing character. Like they putting, that was just the, like you can tell they're on the verge of being something really special. And I think mm-hmm. putting with somebody like Matt Hardy will get them to the level that they should be at. Well, and the thing is, Matt is so good at the character work. Yes. You forget that his body isn't what it used to be. Like yeah. he's not doing as much wrestling as he used to. Right, right. But you don't care. Because no, he's no, still I don't on my TV. I don't care what he's doing. Right. It's... And it you don't really notice until you like look back on it and you're like, oh shit, he like barely did anything. Right. But he's such a focal point. You, you it just fits the story so well. And yeah. it, he's awesome. Yeah. Um other and... standout things for me, Christian Cage. Yeah, I not was, so much his work in the match, but at the end, yeah, him with Jungle Boy, yes, that was awesome. Yeah, and I was just about to say it's very, it was obvious. Like I wasn't really thinking about the Matt and Christian stuff, but then when they kind of teased it, I was like, I don't care how. I was like, I want this. Like I don't care how many times I've mm-hmm. seen Matt and Christian. Like I. I'm ready for well, it. I need to see Matt and Christian at um, this age, not. <laughs> and, and I also want them to like bring up to each other. Hey, you were always in Jeff's shadow. Yeah. Well, you were always in edges. Yeah. Like right. yeah, I want then, it to be a second banana argument. Right. I mean, like Jeff and edge aren't doing much now which is well i think edge is still recovering he got hurt and it was just edge still- got hurt and is still well, recovering I, jeff can't yeah, stay sober and they're saving him for live shows they, i'm not really already interested in they, edge's return they already <laughs> announced edge for the whatever live show they're doing in texas they've already announced his that's his return date yeah um because obviously they're trying to sell tickets i haven't yeah. really been interested in edge since his return i've been hype as fuck for christian though yeah. i think it's well, and it was the same thing. We thought Christian wasn't going to wrestle again because he was told his career was Edge. over. Well, no, yeah. Christian. Well, yeah, him the too. Thing, they yeah. both were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so- but yeah, th- those were the standout things for me in this was Matt Hardy's just sheer level character work. And then Christian just being the nicest veteran of veterans to Jungle Boy at the end. And just like the way he approached it didn't look like gimmick it didn't look planned it looked like it was organic it looked like a veteran guy worked with this guy for the first time and was like shit this kid's pretty good yeah like yeah. i could see christian being somebody who would be a mentor for jungle boy i mean not that luchasaurus isn't but i mean that's a different level when you can have somebody who was an but luchasaurus is and, Almost as young in the sport as Jungle Boy. Right. And then also you have Christian, who is also one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. Had, but then he's had plenty of success in the solo stuff, which is obviously Jungle Boy's got his success with um, with Jurassic Express. But then he's obviously going to be the one who breaks out and does the solo stuff. And I think I was going to say Jungle Boy will have a 
big boy title within two years. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that was my prediction, too. Yeah, when I was, I think had the pandemic, obviously, if the pandemic hadn't happened, um, we would have further, I mean, we'd be further down that timeline. And even, and that's what Jericho had said at some point last year. He said, like, that was the big plan was they were going to do more with him and uh, with him and Jungle Boy, after you know, after Jungle Boy went the 10 minutes with him and then he got mad and tried to extend the match or whatever. And so they were going to build off of that. And so it was always the plan to push jungle boy. Um, But now pretty early on in that match, I was like, jungle boy has to win this, right? Like besides, well, some people thought that Christian was going to win it. Like that's what I kept seeing before. It's too early. They've actually been really good in AEW about not just giving. Yeah. Uh, vet uh spot till he earns it. Yeah, so, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too, and I think that's such a way. I think it coming down to Christian, and because people thought Christian was gonna win, and he's the fan favorite. Obviously, I think that was smart to have it come down to Jungle Boy and Christian. Yeah. I think was yeah. really really good. Um, yeah, because once it, it was down to those two, you couldn't say for sure. Mm-hmm. You were like. It's going to be one of them, but I'm not really sure which. Yeah, it could go either way. And yeah, then, I mean, even I figured Jungle Boy was going to win, but even still, like, towards the end, it was still like, whoa, well, you know. It is Christian. Yeah. yeah. And sure. Christian would be a legitimate threat to, to Kenny. Not that Jungle Boy is not, but Christian, I mean, if they had went that route, or I could see, like, okay, well, God, they are. Do you know how shocked I will be if Jungle Boy is the man to dethrone Kenny Omega? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what? What just happened? Yeah, I think that, but see, I think that just shows how much they trust Jungle Boy to put him in these, they keep putting him in these big matches, and he delivers every single time. He really does. And so and they have such a good core, like, obviously, we they have the Kenny Omegas and, um, you know, the, and the Young Bucks and the Eddies and the Moxleys, but they've got to build... They actually are trying to build stars, unlike the other company. Yeah, they've got that good core. It's Jungle they're not Boy. they're not hanging belts on people just to make them stay after they ask for their release. Exactly, and so they've got Jungle Boy, they've got MJF, they've got Darby Allen, they've got Sammy Guevara, they've got you know even if you look at the women, they've got Britt, they've got so they've got this core. I was gonna say most of their women's division is extremely young. Yeah, and yeah. they can build around that and make that you know where in two to five years that these are like they're all within two to five years every single one of them could be champion and probably will be and then when you even have guys like scorpio who you know he should be a he should be a tnt champion you know he probably should have already been one i mean we know what they were doing and maybe they're waiting for fan stuff but um like so they have this good core that they can build around and build up and almost not necessarily homegrown, but these are people that we watch from the very beginning of the company. And then one day they're going to be in Kenny Omega's spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it either way. And singing jungle boy song in a crowd of yeah, 6,000 is fun. And those crowd, <laughs> that crowd was super behind him, not just because of his song. Like I think people, he's kind of like a hangman page where everybody mm-hmm. can get behind him, everybody can. He's they can they see the talent, they see this stuff, and I I think I think the one thing that we haven't really seen from him is we haven't seen any Mike stuff, and he's really 
Um, he's really quiet when he talks. Like even just on TV things I've seen, he's quiet. Yeah. But like, when at the media scrum, it was super hard. I mean, there was a really loud fan in there that it was made it hard to hear anyway. So unless he was facing you, you couldn't hear what he was saying just because he's so he just doesn't talk loud. And so I think that'll be one thing that they'll have to work on with him. But I mean, who better to learn from than fucking Dustin and Cody and Matt? Right. Like, I right. mean, he, they'll get him to where he, like, he's not going to be, he probably, he may never be an MJF on the mic, but they can build him where he's solid enough yeah. that he can hold his own, I think. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. let's just say, well, I was going to say the, um, something else, but also I'm mad that my phone kept playing me while I was trying to take pictures of John. <laughs> I made heard, him a ghost. Take that many pictures, yes, and then we had really good seats. And then I fucking took a bunch of pictures. But I was trying to make pictures of Jungle Boy. I'm hurting one, and my phone kept playing me and like whiting him out. And I don't know that I ever got any decent pictures of him. Like, well, after I he took won. it. Don't you know you can't get a clear picture of a mythical creature from the jungle? Well, I got a <laughs> touche. I got a accidental thirst trap of him and didn't mean to because I mean <laughs> in the scrum I was trying to take a picture and at the same time he was running his hands through his hair and so his hands are in his hair and his shirt's lifted a little bit <laughs> I was not trying to that's not where I was going with it but I didn't know he was gonna do that <laughs> it's not where you were going with it but are you mad about it no probably not <laughs> um, uh, I say all the time I was like I mean I was a huge fan of his dad. Me and, too. Uh, I, so I was, I was like, like six when yeah, I was I like nineteen. I was like, if I was like nineteen or twenty years old, I was like, I would be all about Jungle Boy. Like that would be the person I, know, that's I would. Right. Like not that I don't love him now, but like like nineteen or twenty year old me would have been like super into Jungle yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure, but and it was like, why not associate him with his dad all the time because he's a separate person? It's but hard not when to. When he sometimes. was in the scrum, he turned towards me because I think he was talking to the person next to me or something, and he just had this for just a quick second. He looked exactly like his dad, and it was just so weird. This, I mean, because I noticed. Well, and he'll do it on. I was gonna say he'll do it on TV and on yeah, like, it's just, and even in person, it was just like, oh my god, he looks just like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, uh, Miley is with us and she is panting. She's and... awake now, and so I'm hoping mm. she's trying to make us take her outside because she's a noisy dog, so she can't go yeah. out. Um, so one of us yeah. might have to disappear and take her out. But okay. uh, hopefully she'll hang out for. Oh, but what I was the other thing I was going to say is when Leah rushes um thing his entrance hit mm-hmm. I originally didn't realize that it was Leah Rush because um I like their set design but the um that chandelier looking thing. Yeah. It blocked my um view of the um screen. So when I saw when um the writing popped up I missed where it said feel the rush and yeah. I could see neon lights. And I'm pretty sure that Juice Robinson has neon lights in his thing. So for a second, I thought it was Juice Robinson. So I screamed, and then I was like, wait a minute, this wasn't Juice. And then I saw Feel the Rush again, and or I actually saw it that time, and I was like, oh! And then obviously I could see Leo. But for a second, I thought it was Juice Robinson. We kept trying to guess throughout the thing, and then 
I don't know if it got caught on camera because I didn't see it during the match when we watched it back, but I'm not sure why he did it, but Mox turned toward the crowd oh, I and he did, the, he did the Motor City Detroit hand point, and I was yeah. like, yeah. and Nikki said she saw it too, and because that's when I was like, oh my god, I was like, what if the Joker is Chris Saban? I was like, I will fucking lose my mind. But Yes, you would have. I yeah, would have, yeah, she I would, probably yes. would not have made it to the media scrum because I would have been dead. <laughs> Except he would have been in the media, he might have been in the media scrum and then you would have. Then I would have had to come back to life and <laughs> die all over again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, um, I was, um, we're still waiting for Chris Saban, um, BK. Brian. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that he does indie dates. Well, he better. I think he's <laughs> pretty much. I don't think he does indie dates. I think when he's not wrestling, then he's just doing his own thing. Damn it, Chris. But if he ever does indie dates, book him, please. I mean, <laughs> I think Brian. I mean, I, I think he's heard. He's heard you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've only been talking about him the entire time I've known you. <laughs> Listen, she has been talking about him the entire time. Um, she found out who he was. <laughs> I mean, she loves Alex Shelley, too. I do too, love Alex Shelley, and he's wonderful and a delight, and I would love if he could be both, I mean, too. if you follow me and Samantha, you'll notice that um, I tweet, like, anytime she freaks out over Chris Saban, <laughs> she'll be like, Chris Saban! Like, she'll know he's going to be there, and she still, like, says it really excitedly. So, uh, I tweet, um... <laughs> about Samantha's excitement and I always put like some weird like dog gif of a dog being like really excited about something <laughs> and like one time I found a video of like a dog twerking <laughs> like they, somebody like lifted this dog like butt on the, to a couch or something and the dog mm-hmm. was still moving and it looks like the dog is twerking and I was like this is Samantha's excitement <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was, when he came, was like, how did you find that? And I was like, I searched dog twerk. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't hard to find. Yeah, it's really not. There's a girl on TikTok who takes in, like, disabled cats. Uh-huh. And she has one named Twerk because it has a disability that makes its, like, back in Twitch all the time. Oh. It, it's real cute, though. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we joke and say that Miley twerks because Miley likes to scratch herself on, or, and she, like, rubs her body across stuff, and then she'll, like, stop and, like, rub her butt on, like, the table or the wall or the back door or something, and, and she grunts as she does it. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. It's actually highly amusing. And right. she's not like that we're talking about it. And, um, she's like, you're telling <laughs> yeah. my secrets. <laughs> I didn't uh, know about how you do it on my legs sometimes. <laughs> she's like, now you do it. <laughs> it's actually funny. <laughs> and I'm like, and it'll, I'll just like walk up and I'll like kind of bump her with my leg. <laughs> she's like, shut up and go back to wrestling. You, you know what I think is really funny? That we literally spent two days in a car talking to each other about this show. We still have six matches, and we're at almost two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to, say, I was about to just say, going back to Leo Rush, uh, I was surprised at how short he was in the match, but now that I found out he Now was, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Like, why the hell would you bring him in for like five seconds? Yeah. Because I didn't realize, obviously, like, I didn't, I still didn't. I had no idea he was hurt. And I had I no clue. Even watching it back, I didn't see where he I was. I didn't either. So I don't know if it, when it happened or whatever, but, you know, I hate. Well, and he wears that chest protector and everything. So, like, yeah. I don't know. But um, I do feel bad for him. Yeah. If people didn't see it, I mean, he he's done. He he's retired. Yeah. I do agree with some sentiment that maybe in a few years he might come back. Yeah. But you don't with how much wrestling he's done. Yeah. You don't come to that decision to say I've retired. Right. And he also mentioned that like he has been depressed since this injury. And it sounds like like it was affecting his mental health to the point where like he this was a decision he needed to make not only for like his physical health, but his mental health was separate. I did see on Twitter that tomorrow he starts some sort of a stem cell procedure. Hmm. Um, So that sounds like it's good news. And I saw um, it sounded like, cause you know, he was talking about how he was on the cusp of being signed to NJPW and AEW. And I think having that, I think that's another thing, you know, that it's a serious decision when he had, he walked away from two of the biggest companies in the world mm-hmm. at his, in his prime. Right. Cause I, I didn't realize he's only been wrestling like seven years, Yeah. which and means when we saw him. At that college where they did war games, that was probably like year two, That's and he was that good. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely one of those people that were kind of like. I mean, if Topanga likes him. <laughs> yeah, he's means. definitely um, somebody that was almost like a prodigy, and he, I hate that his career was cut like that. And for it to happen, because uh, obviously for it to happen in his debut, but even in the media scrum. And see, I don't know if I, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that Tony Khan knew that he was. I don't know if he knew that he was injured when he did the media scrum, or uh, maybe he was asked to not say anything. Well, he, which yeah, that could maybe they didn't know the extent at the time, but somebody asked him, you know, about Leo and like how that kind of came about, especially with the New Japan stuff, and he was like, you know, I wanted him last year for um for the battle royale that we did at um All Out, and he was filming the challenge and he couldn't have a cell phone with him and so his wife had it and she answered and she was like man he is going to be sick that he missed this opportunity because he would I know he would have said yes and he would love to work with you and so and Tony was like I get it it's fun you know we want to work with him in the future and they just kept in touch and then they you know they worked with his stuff with New Japan and he had all those indie dates booked and he even said he was like we're working on a handshake deal which is the same deal with New Japan and he was like I'm not going to make him cancel any dates I'm not going to do that you know he had already had this stuff previously this came kind of kind of came about quickly and I'm not going to do that so then I saw that he started canceling dates and I was like well maybe it's because of New Japan like maybe they're going to maybe he's going to maybe they want him in Japan for a while and then I had of course no idea that it was because he had a what appears to be a career ending injury yeah I just hate that for him because I think that he could have he I think they would have found once they could use especially once they could use him regularly um I think they could have found a really good spot for him um and we would have gotten some really excellent matches possibly yeah yeah um 
So what what was Leo Rush doing on the challenge? Yeah, uh, he was. I knew he was on it this season because he kept tweeting about it. Miley, she's tired of our shit. <laughs> she's. Like, what are you looking at and barking? No, I think she just wants to go to the bathroom and she's mad that nobody's making her attention. Listen, I have to pee too, but I haven't right, gone because go to the bathroom. No, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. go because I was trying to get. Um. Leo Rush has an OnlyFans account. Does he? Well, I know some people use OnlyFans for different reasons. Well, I know people use it for cosplay and stuff. Yeah. Um, Also, he left the challenge citing mental health reasons and the stress of the house triggering his childhood feelings of living in a group home. I had no idea. I, I, I didn't even know he left the show because I don't keep up with the challenge. I did. I did know that they regularly beat Dynamite in ratings uh, when it was on, but I didn't. I didn't realize he had. Left huh. the show. So, honestly, so like I he, mean, I want the guy to get healthy. Go get mental health help, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one thing I do want to say, I did see him tweet. Like right after Double or Nothing, like the day after, he was like, "For those of you wondering." I did speak with Mark Henry, and it sounds like they aired out some stuff and hopefully got to a good place. So I don't know if that was due to the injury or if he just, all right, maybe Mark Henry approached him. I don't know, but I'm glad that they got that settled um, or spoke it out or at least got comfortable enough where maybe at the time they thought they were going to be working together. So maybe they just wanted to clear the air so that they could have a productive working environment. But yeah. Well, take this dog out. Um, Miley, you're making me miss out. But <laughs> better hurry up. <laughs> then you're just missing Cody a go go. Oh, I was going to talk about how I didn't pay attention to a go go's <laughs> entrance at all because I was tweeting or texting or something. Yeah, I've heard him do it before. I, I love the Big Ben chimes yeah, that they I do was at the Big Yeah, I not. Like, has a. Um, well, I know we talked about, um, in our group that Sandra came out for Cody mm-hmm. and, um, I was like, oh, I love her. I want to tell her I love her dear, but I want to leave her alone at the same time. Yeah. But, she was just eating Cheetos and talking to her friends. And I was like, I want to be like, Miss Sandra, we love you. But I was like, I don't want to be that fan. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, um, so I, I mean, I watched Cody's interest. I got a couple pictures and I was. I don't know, I was texting or tweeting or something, and, like, the next thing I know, I was like, wait a minute, I was like, I mean, I knew he was coming, but I just was like, I am completely missed his entrance, because I was playing on my phone. <laughs> yep, that happens. Yeah, it definitely uh, So, I feel like the whole setup for this match was not as good as it could have been, and people... Definitely the xenophobic promo and all that. Um, I think but that then the th- I think it took the uh, I think um, that promo kind of took the feud in a completely different direction than they were expecting, and it made a go go more likable. <laughs> well, here's my thing. So they had to follow three super amazing yeah. moments. Then. On top of that, there this felt weird. They stopped everything to talk about 
some charity that does dogs for vets. That's a um, a really important. Right. I'm glad they did that, but it was so weirdly placed. Place, but then looking at the show, I don't know where else he would have done that. I probably would have opened with yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. But then I guess they were trying to play, especially because it. it was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I think they were would playing be super the- easy to open with that. Yeah, uh, I think they're playing into the Memorial Day and Cody's year and him being super patriotic. I think that's where they were going with so that. Here's my thing, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes, Dusty was the American dream. I never saw Dusty go, like, full patriotic gear. There was nothing American dream about Cody Rhodes that night other than name. Right, and I think when you think of Dusty as the American American dream, it's the, the, you know, the son of a plumber. Yeah. Hard times, you know, I don't... You know, that whole thing, and it was that, and I think that's what made him relatable. Cody, you know, he could be as down-to-earth or whatever, but Cody is a second-generation wrestler and the son of one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. It's a little hard to buy, you know, an American mm-hmm. dream coming from him. I mean, you could say, you know, he had, he is living the American dream because he, you know, he built, a, he helped build this company and it's huge and it's successful, but I think it also just comes off as, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. It just maybe, I don't want to say disingenuine because I think Cody is genuine about it. I just think it's hard for some people to kind of buy that when he came, when, you know, he was probably more, he was probably more on the MJF level or at least what MJF, you know, projects that he is. Well, Um, I think my biggest issue is, like, he didn't even, like, pull out a bionic elbow. Like, if you're gonna say, I'm gonna borrow this name for a night, I'm gonna borrow my dad's gimmick, I didn't want to, but you're forcing me to. Right. And then you do nothing other than be his son, which is all Cody did. Right. It doesn't have the same effect if he had never said all that and just come out in that gear and had that match i would feel completely differently yeah i think so too and i think it just came so then he comes out as super patriotic american dream and he's living and then coming off the heels of that promo that was super that came off very nationalistic um and tone deaf and then there was pushback, and then instead of saying, okay, I get what you mean, he just dug his heels in deeper, and then I think it just kind of changed the tone of that match, and I think had that promo not happened, I think that the match probably would have been not better, but I think it would have been received better, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I think some stuff got lost in yeah. the USA versus UK thing, because yeah. you... Which- This was also a big part of the factory versus the Nightmare family. And you forgot that because there was all the USA stuff going on. Right. And And so. Should have been the focal point was that it's, you know, the Nightmare factory versus uh, the family and who was who was in the family and who was not in the family. Right. Um, And yeah, that's the whole reason this thing started. And they completely lost sight of that, Um, which is, I guess, why we're still doing the stuff with. 
with QT is because now they're having to kind of backtrack a little bit and yeah. that. and then yeah so um I mean there's no way that Cody was losing that match to begin with especially and then after that promo it's Memorial Day weekend there's no way that Cody was going to lose that match um I've heard people argue that that maybe was not the best that Anthony should have gone over um, I can see that argument because that would have been a star-making moment for him. But on the other hand, I understand why the American it's, Dream is not going to lose. Well, and also people who are saying it, he should have gone over because that makes him a star. This match alone makes him a star. Yeah. And Even him not going over, he held his own yeah, against the Cody Rhodes yeah. and looked good. And he's only been training, what they say, 18 months? Something like that. And like, he's, he's this good in a year and a half? Right. And he has, like, on top of that, he's dealing with the vision impairment mm-hmm. um, that I'm sure definitely makes things a lot more challenging for him. Um, he's he's really good at cutting promos. Um, I mean, he said some questionable things in Twitter promos I saw that was like. I mean, at this <laughs> point, though, most people have. Yeah, and so I was just like, but I mean, he's very good, and I think that Cody knows that. And that's one thing, you know, that's one thing that we talked about on the ride home was that Cody, people say all the things they want to say about Cody, that he's Triple H, that he's this and he's that, but he is very unselfish when it comes to building other wrestlers, especially newer ones um, and younger stars. He's very good at getting them in, posi- in the positions they need to be in. Um, yeah. And he gets good matches out of them. Um, we've seen it with Jungle Boy. We saw it in the Open Challenge. I mean, we, he saw, we saw War Horse. We, saw, we obviously saw the match with Eddie and the promo with Eddie. And Eddie, I mean, there's not many people who can stand with Cody as far as promos go. And Eddie basically annihilated him. Yeah. <laughs> so... So Cody is very good at that. And I think people lose sight of that just because of their own personal feelings towards him. And I mean, there are times that like I'm a Cody fan, but there's sometimes that he irritates me with some of the, how he handles things. But I think from a wrestling standpoint, um, he's very unselfish and he does very well to put people over and to build them up and to help them get to the level he knows that they can get to. Yeah. in this match, like, Going back and watching it, if you take away all the story weirdness and all the other bullshit, it was good. Yeah. It, I saw a lot of people saying, like, this is where the show dipped and this was the beginning of a really slow spot in the show. This match was too long. It was fine. I there think was, the match was it, a decent length. I don't think it went too long. I no, don't I don't think it went too long at all. If anything, I was surprised after reading that comment. Yeah. How short it was. Right. I was like, oh, okay. A lot why we're saying this was too that's, long? That's good. That th- what'd you say? Well, I was like, why did they say this was too long? Because it was fine. Yeah, it was fine, and it, I think, but they gave enough time to tell the story, enough time for Anthony to show what he can do. Yeah. Um, they made Anthony look credible, like that he could, you know, that he could beat. He could potentially beat Cody. I mean, he did on Dynamite on Friday. But um, so, like, I think that they the match was for what it was supposed to be for. I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, I, I think it was fine. Um, yeah. More gear commentary. 
the Olympic rings make Anthony Agogo look like an Audi car I on his gear. I love his logo. That logo he's changed a little bit because he had it when I first saw it on his Twitter where he interlinked them so that they looked um, more less like a car um, a car emblem and more like the Olympic symbol um, because of the way he had the O and the G's tied in together. I thought that was really cool. And somebody asked him who created it for him. And he said, I did. Nice. <laughs> but I love his, um, I love his logo, but yeah, it does kind of look like a, a car. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say it, that one. Yeah. Too. That's all I could see. I was like, <laughs> Anthony, go, go Audi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought the match was fine. I, I, will say it was probably one of the lower matches just personally for me. I would agree. But it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. It just compared to everything else, right. it didn't get me as invested. Right, but I don't know where else, and I was thinking about it, I don't know where else they could have put it on the card unless yeah. they swapped it and made that the second match and put the Bucks and Moxley in that spot, but I don't, I mean. It would have been a long ending to cheer. Right, and so I think it probably went in the best place that it could have with the other matches that were surrounding it. I, I don't think that it could have gone anywhere else. Yeah. All right. Um, and for me, the next match was probably the one I was like, meh, about. Like, it's the only one on the show. I was like, I don't yeah, care which way like, this goes. Like, I thought I enjoyed I knew it would be a good match and I knew I would enjoy it, but it was not like this is the must see match that I need, you know, that I need to have. Um, yeah. But I, I liked, I mean, I like both people. Yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying Miro. I enjoy Archer. Um, yeah. I did think it was funny when the crowd chanted PETA when they threw the bag that obviously yeah. didn't have a snake in it. No, it did not. Tony, um, <laughs> he was like, there was nothing in that bag. Yeah. <laughs> Um, man, that bag flew really well for yeah, being it, empty. Yeah, I don't um, know. What they, had. they may have had something to weight it, but it definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Miro versus Archer was for a belt, and I just I didn't care. I was like, meh. But like I said earlier, they're not my style. Well, and I think also we knew. I mean, Miro just got that title like two weeks prior, so we knew there wasn't going to be a title change. Yeah, um, Archer has been chasing that title. Since the since they made the tournament for it, um, and I think that's part of my issue is Archer was is supposed to be this big bad murder hawk, and he hasn't done anything. Yeah, like, since he got there, he's the he's booking, won on dark a lot. Yeah, the booking has not done him any, any favors. I mean, it didn't really do that with Miro in the beginning either, and then they just kind of pulled the trigger with Miro, I think, but. But yeah. Miro, they at least put him with Kip, so Miro had some personality. Yeah. Lance, they're not letting get personality because he's with Jake. And right. the thing is, Lance can cut promos. Yeah. I would he, understand if he couldn't talk. Yeah. But if you're going to book a guy as he's such a monster, he doesn't even need the microphone, so Jake the Snake speaks for him, you right. have to actually book him like a monster. Yeah. I think, and they they did kind of in the beginning, especially like when they did that <clears throat> that thing where it was the ring out in the middle of like somebody's yard or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so if they kind of have kept along that line, and so I don't know if like no fans kind of played into that too, but Maybe. yeah, 
they could have kind of booked him the way like they booked Nyla, um, yep. where she just and have him just kind of run through her, which they did. But I know you can only do that for so long. And then you're like, OK, well, what else can they do? Like, is that all they do? But if you're building him as the murder hawk monster and his theme song is literally everybody dies, then he should be. Someone has to die. Yeah. <laughs> and not just a cameraman that is actually an indie wrestler. Yeah. And, like, he murdered Dylan McQueen the other night, which was actually pretty funny. Um, and he murdered, uh, it was, yeah, he murdered Zicky Dye in, like, a minute and a half on Dark. Yeah, which was weird, because I'd actually heard of Zicky Dice. Yeah, he was big in NWA. He had a big, I, I don't watch, I mean, I don't keep up with, I mean, I, I don't watch NWA. I watched a couple episodes despite Cornette being on there and then I just couldn't deal with it and I just it wasn't really my style I mean like I think maybe if I'd watched it longer I would have been into it but apparently Zicky Dice and Ricky Stark had some really good stuff that they did and that's obviously where they pulled Ricky from when he and he went over to when he did the open challenge right. um so yeah I was a little surprised that they did that with him but I guess they're trying to rebuild Lance um, so it's kind of interesting that Zicky is the one that they kind of chose, but maybe it is because people know who he is. So they kinda, maybe maybe that's why he's not a he's a no, a name that people who watch indie wrestling like we do know who he is, um, but he's not a big enough name where it's gonna harm that person. Yeah, that's true. So maybe that's why that's they took that route. Um, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They got they got to do something for Lance though, because yeah, you will. can't just keep squashing people till the big match and then losing right I agree. And that's and I, what he's been doing yeah and like where does he go from here like i don't think you can put him he's had quite a few title shots and he's come up empty so i think now you uh does he wasn't he doing a thing with sting for a while he's tried to but then they kind of went the other direction with scorpio and ethan so maybe now but they're still kind of doing stuff. It seems like a lot of storylines are continuing. You would think that Double or Nothing kind of wraps some stuff up, but it doesn't look like. Yeah, because that was the whole thing is it was going to usher in the new era. And I'm like, mm, kind of feel like everything's cruising right along here. Yeah, it's a pretty much. Yeah, it didn't really end much of anything or it, I don't think it really ended anything at all. So. Uh, maybe it's because they're going back on the road and they're just wanting to, but I don't know Shed why. water until they're on the road again. You would think that they would start some new stuff before they went on the road so that people would want to buy tickets, but maybe they're trying to bide their time a little bit, especially because, and maybe it's because they're on Friday nights and their numbers aren't doing as well. Oh yeah. I forgot. I they're off right now. Numbers are really good on Fridays, uh, but people were, were making the point that, you know, we're, coming out of a pandemic so people aren't really staying home on friday nights yeah um, so i think that's hurting them too but so maybe that's another reason is they're just like well let's just stick with what we've been doing so that when we go back to wednesday nights you know then we can start the fresh stories for people yeah to maybe that would make sense yeah all right well i feel like that's enough about miro and archer <laughs> Um, I mean, it was fine. It's, yeah, it's I, what I expected. Yeah, I definitely noticed my energy level and, kind of dropped there. Um, and Archer didn't tap. He passed out. So I'll take that, which yeah. I didn't know at the show. I only knew that on the go well, back. <laughs> and then I didn't um. get at the show. Um, and then we caught up where he tried to dive over the top rope and his 
top ropes and his long ass legs got caught. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, I was like, oh no. I was like, but y'all should know. I was like, his legs are, he's like seven foot fucking tall. It's not, I was like, it's not. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, it's not easy for him to clear ropes like that. So I was like, yeah. had it been executed better, I think it would have been. I mean, I don't think it like took anything away from the match, but it was just like, oh, that was probably not a smart move to do with your long legs. <laughs> <laughs> they have to come with the rest of your body. <laughs> I'm trying to think. How much do we have to say about these last four matches? Probably a lot. Okay. Because, one, it's getting late and people are getting ready for bed here. Okay. Two, uh... I need to outside with Miley. Yeah, I figure, though, she it's for almost three hours. Yeah, she had to stop because the cat also peed in the floor. Apparently she nice. missed her pad, and so she had to deal with that first. <laughs> Gotcha. So what I'm thinking we're going to do is exactly what I said we weren't going to do. Yeah, we probably should. Because we don't need a three and a half hour episode and it's late. So here's what we're going to do for now. We're going to put a pin in this at Miro Archer because we still got Cheetah Britt, Sting, Kenny, and Stadium Stampede, which is a lot. Yeah. Because um, you can say a lot about each of the, especially the last two matches. Uh-huh. So, I'm going to say, we're going to put a pin in this. We'll consider this part one. And then we will come back uh, some point either next week or this weekend yeah. and do part two. That would be, I think that's what we're going to have to do. Because it is. Gosh, probably yeah. should be able to do, we should probably be able to do. Uh, either Friday night or Saturday night, or we can wait until okay. next. I think Dynamite is uh, not on next Wednesday either. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah, we can figure it out. No big deal. But all right. So on that note, I'll go back and edit out all that. This is the end of part one <laughs> of uh, our double or nothing uh, recap review show that we experienced in person and watched back. Um, y'all know where to follow us by now. I'm gonna post this at some point tomorrow, and I will see y'all for part two at some point in the next week or two. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, let me click stop and then figure out where this goes.